Jack, Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello everyone, this is Jack with Book Club from Hell. Oceania's eighth most popular 1970s Australiana-themed lifestyle podcast focused on the reading of obscure books. I like to think of myself as a practical man, so you can imagine my delight when I found a book seemingly written just for me. Practical Female Psychology for the Practical Man by Joseph South, David Clare and Franco. All pickup artists, field operatives, evolutionary psychologists, artists, sculptors of the feminine mind. Now, as everyone knows, women, or females, in this book's highly scientific parlance, are extremely confusing, even to other women, even to themselves. So what's a man to do? Much less a practical man. Never fear, for three of the world's most renowned seducers have pulled their wisdom and experience in the sphere of bedding females and condensed it into one practical little book. Levi and I are now experts in subcommunication, womanese to the uninitiated, the Madonna whore complex, the process of beaterization, good girls, adventuresses, materialistas, HD, LD, HSE, LSE, the magic pussy syndrome, the anti-slut defense, female logic, and so much more. I never knew women were so complicated, but maybe that's why I've been happily married for eight years. Enjoy. This is, this is something new. For the first time ever, we're recording in person. Yeah. In the same country, <laughs> in the $100 million recording studio. Yes. Uh, with the OzPost mailing box holding up <laughs> the microphone. Uh, this was uh, Kerry Packer's old studio. We yeah. uh, bought it off him for I think sale of $100 million. Joe Rogan recorded here a few times. Yeah. Lex Friedman. Hendrix. Yeah, these <laughs> few albums were recorded here by yeah. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> on on this very OzPost box. Yeah, <laughs> using this Blue Yeti microphone. <laughs> um, so, Jack, it's good to have you back. It's very nice to be in back in Australia. Um, it's always nice to see a friend in full three or four dimensions, or how many dimensions there are. You're getting confused with dimensionality after reading Wisdom of the Dolphins. <laughs> I still haven't quite returned to Earth after that book. Yeah, I keep on parallel universe jumping. And <laughs> it's when falling I'm, through time. <laughs> fall, when I fall through time. Oh, I'm on a different plane than the one I was on. <laughs> Looks so similar. So, Jack, are you excited for today's episode? <laughs> I'm excited to be doing it in person. <laughs> Don't know if I'm excited about what we just read. Oh, God. So what have we got in store for our wonderful audience? We've just read Practical Female Psychology for the Practical Man. It was... Um, yes. I've never read any... PUA or pickup artist literature. Yeah. So this was um this an, was an initiation of sorts. Into new grounds for you. Yes, you've been hazed sufficiently. Yeah. You gotta take him out, boys. Gotta take him out into the uh into the wild. Get him oh no, wait. <laughs> we can't take you out into the wild, start picking up women, can we? <laughs> Happily married. <laughs> mm. I'd need to Ask my wife whether I'm allowed to do that. You're or not. suffering from many years of one itis, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> one itis. Oh, speaking of which, speaking my, of. my girlfriend's calling me. <laughs> Hello. We are 
Hello, we're currently recording our our episode on practical female psychology. <laughs> hang up now. No, you hang up now. I'm the man. No, you hang up now. I'll, I'll call you later or tomorrow. Bye. That was so alpha. <laughs> Bitches, right? <laughs> no, I... Uh, I uh... I withdraw that comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because you've been beaterized. Anyway, so I'll um, put my cards on the table. I was unimpressed by this book. No, no, wait. wait, wait. But you jumped the gun, mate. Thoughts going into the book. Thoughts going into the book. I was unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Say Evola has enough of a mystique around him mm. that going into it, you think... I might not agree with it, but I'm probably going to have a good time because of the wackiness. Mm. Something like Varg, it's like, well, okay, I've listened to his music. Mm. <laughs> Has a pretty shitty worldview, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's some sort of hook. Yes. And he's got an interesting yeah. story. With this, well, not with this guy. It was written by three men because no one man can hold this much wisdom within him. <laughs> mm. uh, I didn't have much. To pull me in. It's a good book title. Mm. I'll give him that. Yeah. Snappy. Was it you who actually suggested this book? Yeah. Yeah. So Where this did is... you hear about this? Why did you pick this book? I went on our red pill <laughs> and was looking around for the sort of things that they like. The sidebar. A lot of these Reddits, <laughs> subreddits have sidebars where they have like reading lists. I don't know yeah. if this has made it into the sidebar, but I pretty much just looked through. I found out threads that. looking for books and the the title of this one was gave it away was was strong so I so selected it mostly on that this is in the sidebar of r slash married red pill MRP oh man that's um uh, the it's I, I all three of the authors authors have been divorced one of them maybe twice so I don't know why you would put this in a dating advice for married men yeah, it's it's like Reddit, if it's but. like if someone <laughs> told you, or say suppose you were learning to drive and got a driving instructor. You sat down in the car with them. Mm. They looked over at you while you were clicking on your seatbelt and said, "I've been in a lot of accidents." <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna? Are you gonna go? Oh yeah, sick. All right. <laughs> well, you've survived. You know. Yeah, you've been, a, been you, around the block. You mate. lived. <laughs> you lived to tell the tell the story. Yeah. Um, so those are their qualifications. They're driving instructor that had a lot of accidents. It's called the Lindsay effect, mate. You know? Oh, really? Yes. There's, uh, I believe it's the Zucks or Zuckerberg's Bagel Cafe. Is this how it goes? Uh, it's His from what, Bagel Cafe? Is it Bagel Cafe in New York? Uh, no. He's a okay, robot. I, I don't need to eat. No, it's not the same Zuckerberg. It's different Zuckerberg. Oh. Come on, there's more than one Zuckerberg. Not King Zuck. <laughs> no, it's not the Zuck. It's just <laughs> a Zuckerberg. No, okay. So I don't know if it's the bagel restaurant, Zuckerberg's bagel restaurants, but yada, 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 something, something, something. Uh, Broadway. Oh, that's right. That's what it is. There's a, uh, like this idea that the longer a... Uh, a show has been on Broadway, mm. the longer it's likely to stay on Broadway. Okay. So, like, the fact that it has something survived longer means that it's more likely to survive even longer. Like crocodiles, sharks. Mm. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. Evolutionarily conserved. Yep. So, this book... Is definitely in that category. Evolutionarily conserved. Yes. <laughs> on various red pill subreddits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Why was I talking about that? I feel like I just led myself down a tangent. All right. Anyway, but... (laughs) (laughs) This this book is popular. This has got some really good Amazon reviews. So, yes, needless to say, it has like a 4.5 star rating on Amazon. I think, if I remember correctly, it was 70% of the people who reviewed this book gave it five stars. (laughs) That's a lot of stars. (laughs) Mm, Yes. So they're quite accomplished they're authors, aren't they, Jack? Widely syndicated authors. Are you, do you look up to them I as do. an aspiring author? I do. Yes. I could, if you if, could be like Franco. If I could match the quality of the dialogue in this book. Oh, yes. The dialogue is very convincing. It's really something. Extremely convincing. About the authors. About the authors. <laughs> 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 they start this book by... <laughs> By um, talking about themselves a bit. And it, this, this might actually be the most illuminating part of the entire book. Learning about what inspired three men to, to write about practical female psychology for the practical man. You know, how a man can learn to understand these, these flighty, unusual, mystical creatures that we call women. Mystical? Mystical. Like- Shrouded in mystery. Turbulent, unpredictable, illogical, irrational. Mm. But yes, mystical is one word for it. So, um, David Clare, one of the three authors, talks about his divorce in the about the author section, and he he ended up divorcing his wife, or his wife divorced him because he didn't understand women. He said, "Other men felt what I felt." Other men felt tired of being a sympathetic, generous man, being automatically spurned, even by unattractive women. Even unattractive women had yeah, the, the absolute the temerity, to, the gall to, to turn him down. David Clare. A nice man. A nice guy. Like David. A nice guy. Nice guy. Joseph South, another one of the authors, he says... I'm unusually kind, loving, and caring. <laughs> now he understands women, though, and dates multiple women at the same time. And now he's uh, absolutely not kind. He's just... I'm. Imagine saying that about yourself. I'm, <laughs> I'm unusually kind. <laughs> the level of kindness I demonstrate is abnormal. <laughs> I know a lot of kind people. I'm definitely the kindest. I've been told by many people. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Go. The third and final. So David Clare and Joseph South talk about how they were married Mm. and their wives were harpies who didn't understand them. But (laughs) they didn't say my words, not theirs. (laughs) No, they would never speak unkindly of women like that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless there were a book to write. (laughs) Yeah. So they talk about their divorces and why that those experiences inspired them to Mm. write a book. To help the everyman understand women. <laughs> Franco, however, <laughs> no surname is given. He's just Franco. <laughs> he's, he's, well, no, his, his second name may be seduction. At Franco seduction mm. on Twitter. Anyway, so <laughs> Mr. Seduction is really talented at sex. He's really good at sex. <laughs> Some might even say that he's a natural. He's a natural. He a he's natural. a self-described natural. <laughs> the he's, natural. He says... I have found in my life that men like me can be highly arousing to women and at the same time put them in emotional danger. Mm. 
So he decided I, to write. I'm just so alpha, so sexually attractive, mm. so irresistible that it's a public hazard for women yeah. to be around me. Yes. Yeah. So for your own safety, ladies, avoid Franco. Not not because he's a fucking creep, but because because you might no just, because you'll turn into you a creep around him. Slip over on your own lubricate, <laughs> break your neck or something. Yeah. So. Joseph South and David Clare came to write this book from from the position of having been born, mm. not being unbelievably gifted with women. Mm. And they had to learn to be gifted with women, having endured awful divorces mm. and marriages to women whom they hadn't properly vetted. And we will get into how to vet women. Franco, however, was just born on top. I, I already know how to vet women, Jack. Yeah? Yeah. Just a... Uh... Have a have an esoteric podcast where you read <laughs> horrible literature and see if your girlfriend and or wife sticks breaks around up with you. Breaks up, breaks up with you. <laughs> I guess we'll see if I have a have a girlfriend by the end of the month. <laughs> Anyways, so those are the authors. They're um, I just divorced multiple times. Look, but. I think all three of them should be disqualified from writing this book purely yes, because two of them divorce multiple times. They clearly do not know how to hold down. No, Fra- Franco later <laughs> in the book says that he's been divorced several times as well. well. Okay. Well, then, so all, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Franco then, just made you wait a bit longer before telling you. But even if that weren't the case, Franco is saying he's just a natural. Like, how does he convey just being a natural to other people? I suppose like, it is. It's like... I a, am just... You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like uh, a bird trying to tell you how to fly. Well, you just fly. You just fly. Or, I don't know, Michael Jordan just like, oh, yeah, how do you just be, you know, six foot six and unbelievably athletic? Just just do it. Just do it. Just fucking have the right genes. You just be <laughs> a natural. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, the, the quality of the book attests to their qualifications. So, <laughs> these, uh, this book is... Very strongly researched. They mm. they pretty much did a thesis. They uh spent several years of their lives had this uh put this through rigorous uh peer review. <laughs> I believe uh Gardsad actually <laughs> reviewed this book. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Um, and uh, it's it's based on okay. There's 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 a bibliography at the end. Um, but they reference three books in particular. Which they have basically based their world book, world mm. worldview on, which are I don't know, Sperm Wars, uh, The Red Queen by Matt Ridley, and I don't know, some other book, and they're all they're all like fairly modern evolutionary biology books, but in particular books about kind of sexual selection and uh, yeah, sort of uh, sexual dimorphism. Uh, in other species, but also within humans, and especially behavioral dimorphism. So um, they kind of hijacked these books and then mixed it with a bunch of like pseudoscience and quote unquote personal experience and mm. Freudian analysis, and then shut out this pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean uh, synthesized. <clears throat> We're being academic here. <laughs> synthesized uh, all of the literature and produced this. Wonderful text. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it reads like what non-scientists 
think science is yes. or how non-scientists think scientists speak. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, <laughs> they'll normally make a fairly mundane point just using as many words as they possibly can. Yeah, they Scientific sounding words. Yeah, and they, they use it occasionally they use a rather formal uh I guess uh grammar or whatever, like a formal way of writing that is trying to convey that this is a very serious and sort of mm. lofty text. Um and it's just not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I guess we should start uh, on the f- the foundation, the the scientific. <laughs> it makes me ill using that word in the context of this book. Uh, but the foundational stuff. ideas are with regards to evolution and biology. So we'll unpack that for a bit, and hopefully that will make sense. Like the like the basically the shape of an organism. An organism's behavior is also molded by evolution. Yes. This would be called the extended phenotype. Mm-hmm. Yes. I believe I had a rant about this on like episode two or three. Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably every episode. Actually. <laughs> Love the extended phenotype. <laughs> Such a good concept. So human beings are, are no exception to this. Human beings have certain ways of behaving mm. that have evolved our ancestors who behaved a certain way or inclined to behave a certain way mm. were more likely to have children. And this has basically resulted in the male sex and the female sex. Men, very practical, clear-headed, rational. Logical. Able to override their emotions. Mm. Honourable. <laughs> truthful. Loyal. Loyal. Very loyal. Stoic. Mm. Then you have women. <laughs> yes. They're, they're none of those things. <laughs> yes. Yes. Flighty. Um, neurotic. Irrational. Irrational. Yes. Prone to emotional outbursts. Emotional. Yes. And they're... Pr- so Reactive. Men have evolved to be able to hunt, to build things, to, to get out into the world and change the world. <laughs> What women have evolved, Builders what women have evolved to do <laughs> yes. is, is manipulate men. <laughs> manipulate men, steal their genetic material by looking good <laughs> and, and having your babies and running away with them. And, and they're also really chatty. <laughs> they, do, they, they like a chat. Love talking. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now, and, and why is that, Jack? Well, if you think about the history, like, you know, Hunter-gatherers. <laughs> I'm not talking about Terence McKenna. <laughs> I think Terence McKenna actually made this point himself. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Terence McKenna, PhD in getting cookedology, yeah. uh, made this point. That what did women in tribal societies like to do? <laughs> they liked to talk. They, liked to, they would sit around, get the berries, weigh some baskets or whatever, and have a chin, chin Take rag. mushrooms. Take, take mushrooms and, you know, have... Have a high, what is it, a whole bunch of kids running around and stuff yeah. while the men are out not talking, not talking, but with great visual <laughs> acuity, great visual acuity, just spearing hunting, hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe smoking a durry or something. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's anyway, our so, um, uh, Terence McKenna was a forerunner, 
of practical female psychology for the practical man. <laughs> well, he 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 helped uh, create the biological scientific edifice that uh, is the foundation of this work. Yes, we yeah. can give a lot of credit to Terence. Um, so obviously, uh, so anyway, everything in this book, so all of the behaviours they describe in women, they present in a non-moralising way. They're yes, not, not. They're not making any normative statements here. They're just offering a dispassionate <laughs> description of reality wherein they tell you that women can't be trusted. Yes. When, when three grown men who are all possibly pseudonymous, who are all admitting to having been divorced at least once each, use the word manipulative with regards <laughs> to women, they, they are not make That is a... Uh, that, that word has no moral valence in this book. <laughs> and there is not an ounce of chauvinism in this entire text. No, they're just, they're just comparing men and women. Yes. It is, as they say... They love women. They love women. They say they, love, they, they love women love, in and out of the bedroom. In, and they love women for the way that women are. Yeah. For who they are. For who they are. Not who they wish them to be. And, and most importantly, women have evolved both biologically or genetically and culturally mm. these manipulative adaptations, mm. behavioral adaptations. Not their fault. Not, it's not their fault. They've, they've evolved this in response to the intra and intersexual selection within the human species yeah, that exactly, they've been under exactly. for, for many thousands of generations. So it's, it's, no, it's amoral. It's amoral. No judgment here. No, no judgment whatsoever. Women are trying to manipulate you into becoming a provider and then taking all your money and getting knocked up by an alpha. Yeah, yeah. All they care about is finding an alpha, having that alpha's kids, beaterizing the alpha, then looking for another Chad to have another kid with. But whilst the first now beta is providing, providing for their kid. For the children, yes. Yes. So uh, the core tenets of their perspective, which... Uh, sort of at a high level, they 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 claim that this informs their worldview uh, or the views on this book is one sexual selection, the classic example of sexual selection being like peacocks. So, for listeners, just briefly, uh, the sexual selection within a species is like the selection pressure with regards to uh, the sexual behavior between the species mm-hmm. between the members of the species. So, the plumage on peacocks, male peacocks. Um, uh, rear feathers is not a result of like adaptations with regards to predation or other environmental factors, but with regards to uh, impressing the females of their species. So that's sexual selection. Um, evolutionary psychology is the other core tenant. So that's trying to find uh, evolutionary uh, arguments or root causes for psychological phenomenon amongst humans. And then altruism versus selfishness. And I don't think they said this explicitly, although I think it's kind of probably derived from in in just in, in the literature, the the selfish gene by Richard Dawkins. So mm. looking at like, well, altruism can be explained or the, the appearance of apparent altruism can be explained with regards to increasing the uh, survivability, I suppose, of certain genes. Uh uh, that are actually just being selfish. So it's selfish gene theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I did want to ask your opinion of, 
before we sort of delve deeper is what are your thoughts on evolutionary psychology as a field, Jack? I've never delved into it much. Mm. I think some of the hypotheses I come up with are pretty hard to test. Yes. So my issue is you want to unpack that. A lot of it is so vague that you can really say you can really say whatever works with your own first principles. Mm. With whichever biases you're already bringing to the discussion, you can come up with a hypothesis that is semi-plausible. And then people who already believe you or believe what you believe are liable to just accept that as tested fact. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, So say in this year they'll talk about a woman will look for Strong genes. She'll look for an alpha male if you subscribe to... Basically, the whole, like, alpha beta stuff is people who just get two into packs of wolves pissing on each other. Oh, like... Chimps or... Yeah. Too much Rogan. Yeah, basically. (laughs) People listen to too much Joe Rogan or are just a bit... They've just taken a bit too much from... Wolf pack hierarchies yeah, and decide that it's a one to one relation with how humans planet. behave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much Discovery Channel. Uh, so, the, the idea that, say, a woman is going to go out, find an alpha male to have their kid, that's not unreasonable. So, someone goes out looking for characteristics that they find attractive on some level, mm. though that's going to correlate with good genes, good mm. being a reflection of whatever you're trying to maximize for. Yes. For me, the wheels fall off when they say, okay, well, the woman will have a kid, one kid mm. with this alpha and then just go off to another one and try to find another alpha, mm. another person with good genes and have a kid with them. Mm. You think, but at the same time, wouldn't it also make sense for that woman to have multiple children with this with the high value alpha. male that she's already tied down? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Things yep. like that. It's... I'm not even saying one way makes more sense than the other. These people have just said that the former one of those two options is definitely the one that makes total sense. And the latter, that the woman would stay with the man, doesn't make sense. Mm. And they haven't actually really justified why that would happen. No. My sense is that they had a divorce and decided that because their wife left them, then that means... That they this were, is this is a fundamental flaw in female psychology. It couldn't possibly be their fault. They were beaterized, and so they're yeah. externalizing the responsibility. Yeah, they absolve themselves of responsibility, responsibility by for their behavior, blaming it on human evolution, or blaming it on their wives. Yeah, like or their ex-wives. Yeah, my for me, it it, it feels very flimsy <laughs> and not very rigorous. <laughs> it's being generous, mate. It's being, yeah, being generous, but with some of these things that. The question I'm always left with is, well, no, somewhat why. Mm. Academically, I ask why, because in the context of the book, Mm. they haven't actually explained why they believe something. Then in the context of the authors writing the book, though, I infer why they have made these particular... Would you say that you're reading the subcommunication? Maybe they're subcommunicating that they're... Uh, bitter little men. We will we will get into what <laughs> subcommunication is. Womanese, if you will. Womanese. What about 
male divorcees. Male divorcees. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not fluent in male divorcees. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> um, maybe after this episode, you will. <laughs> um, so I've, um, I've already read Anna excerpts. <laughs> to get the. <laughs> To get the yeah. female perspective on this. Like, I, uh, I think I read Fee like a quote or something and uh, and, and I could hear her eyes rolling in the back of her <laughs> down in Tasmania. <laughs> I could hear her all the way from Melbourne. Yeah, so um, my, my primary issue with evolutionary psychology... Look, I, I think obviously all genetic and epigenetic... Um, factors should be taken into account when uh understanding psychology and psychiatry yeah, absolutely which is really important you know like for example like i don't know um potential genetic markers of various psychiatric disease like i don't know schizophrenia or autism or whatever um but even like with regards to like personality distribution like i, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a strong genetic component of uh like your personality mm-hmm. composition um but one, firstly, those sorts of things to some degree can be measured quantitatively with like twin studies and stuff like hereditary stuff, like uh, what heritability studies. Um, and so you can kind of figure out or try to start, I mean, it's, it's hard science, very difficult science, but try to figure out, well, what amount of this, say, personality trait is attributable to um genetic factors rather mm. than say like um environment environmental factors um and then but the, the more foundational issue that i have with it is that as you sort of alluded to earlier um they often don't really have testable or falsifiable hypotheses um and what they seem to be doing, and this includes people like Jordan Peterson and um, Gad Sad, um, and it, I like Jordan Peterson, so you know this is one of the issues that I have with his stuff. Um, is that like how do I put it? They're retroactively explaining phenomena, but in a way that doesn't have falsifiable predictions based off that model. Mm. So you can say like a classic example, like why is red rouge lips on women seen as sexually attractive? And God said, Saad said, I'm sorry, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. Um, Gad Sad said. Gad Sad. Gad Sad. Australian. <laughs> Gad Sad. God Sad. I don't, I, look, he's like. I think he's Lebanese American or something. Like I don't know how to pronounce his name. Like, he's, he's Canadian or something. We've butchered enough people's names on this podcast already. Like he's a nice guy, <laughs> um, but it, you know his explanation was like, oh well, um, it's somehow related to the ripeness of fruit and how like the you know red, nice red ripe apple is like or berries or whatever is seen as like fertile and mm-hmm. the rouge of like somebody's youthful cheeks it seems like healthy and young and youthful and so the association of red and to to the lips is uh is like uh it's this 
subconscious psychological association to fertility and youth. Mm. Um, and it's like, yeah, could be, but could why? Be, but but also just like, well, why? Like, there's there's other. F- fruit that are other colors <laughs> also other things other things can be red red other might be i just fell out of a tree and cracked my but, skull on the ground and i'm bleeding on the ground yeah and I'm about so to die. yeah one people have a very strong i mean if you've ever been in an anatomy uh if you ever dissected a human uh in a medical school anatomy class you might see a first year medical student throw up on the floor <laughs> and so people have very very strong reactions to like i don't know like the first time a med student might take blood or something and throw up. But <laughs> uh, like people have very strong reactions to the color red if it's associated <laughs> with blood. And uh, people have very strong reactions to like uh, red uh, red insects, like red-backed spiders and stuff. Like mm. It's an indication of venom. So there's these like counter... Fa- uh, not counterfactuals, but counterpoints that just haven't been yeah. accounted for in this like narrative to explain this one thing. And so I see it's a very weak argument. But... More importantly is there's, you can't, he's not, he's providing a narrative or an apparent explanation for the phenomena, but he's not uh, going further and saying, well, based off this, we can produce a testable yeah, statement exactly, exactly. from this. So the classic example would like, so the basic idea is you have two counter, uh, two competing hypotheses, A and B, and to explain some phenomena and you come up with a discriminating test to eliminate either A or B uh, test where neither, where it can't be the case that both of them are true under this test. And just in evolutionary psychology, they just never come up with some test. Some people might. Uh, some people probably not, not, do. Not as far as I've seen. In my not, not any of the three men who wrote Practical Female Psychology. Fundamentally, yeah. I think I would be quite surprised if evolution shaped our bodies but not our behaviors oh no they certainly do that would be that would be well unusual but that wouldn't i don't think that would make any sense so i'm not saying that it doesn't matter the fundamental premise of evolutionary psychology i think is yes a reasonable thing to investigate however oftentimes the explanations given for why people behave in certain ways might be true i'm just not given any reason to believe this particular explanation over another one. Yes. It's a, a good example of a bad definition in yeah. the framework of David Deutsch. Oh, a bad explanation. A bad explanation. A bad explanation, yeah. It's, it's very easy to vary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, it doesn't necessarily have a high correspondence. Um, it's like a convenient explanation, really. Mm. Um, but the fundamental idea that obviously our psychology is shaped and, and like, or yada yada by our evolution is sure. But I would just say that it's a very young field and that it probably hasn't begun its journey as being like a real science. It's still in the quackery phase. And it's almost like it's uh, it's alchemy before alchemy became chemistry and nuclear nuclear physics. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I might be totally misinformed. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. Look, these people aren't good ambassadors for evolutionary psychology. I'll, and so I'll the, say that much. The, the last bit they talk about is... Uh, neuropsychology female neuropsychology so that's Mm. things like Mm. so the basic idea is okay well men and women are different okay sure they're different you know we have different like height distributions and all that sort of stuff um one of the things they talk about is neuropsychology and uh that's looking at things like oh neurotransmitters in the brain and 
what are they more likely to be not, not just neurotransmitters but also like hormones um and uh what are they so like what activities are they associated with so, like mm. high amounts of dopamine when chatting and all this sort of stuff <laughs> yeah so this is their way of like being able to bring into this book to justify the use of vaguely scientific sounding words yeah. basically it's they'll just say something that they already believe and then say somehow it's linked to hormones or something therefore it's correct yeah it's I'll say because about because like- dopamine exists and i'm saying that my theory relates to dopamine therefore my theory must be true yes or like the reticular activation system or some shit like that and yeah yeah they'll like, just say something like oh the female's cortex is stimulated when you talk logically to her which suppresses the limbic system and you think it's like no yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, when you talk, when you speak to someone logically, yeah, there'll be cortical activation. It's, it's li- just literally what your prefrontal cortex it, is for. It just it just doesn't <laughs> shut down the limbic system. It's just shut, shut down. down. <laughs> it's like there's always cortical activation. It's like yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're seeing anything, yeah, yeah. your visual cortex is being activated. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like if 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 you're moving, yeah. primary motor cortex, there we go, doing some work. So. I just I think I'm mutual gazing. Don't understand yeah. this. Women women need prolonged eye contact and get really anxious if they don't get prolonged eye contact. <laughs> oh yes. It's, Whereas Jack gets I, extremely I, anxious if he I'm, has too much eye contact. <laughs> you're laughing about it, but <laughs> I like distance. <laughs> I quote, <laughs> you might have noticed that your wife or girlfriend will become increasingly agitated when your eyes are focused intently for any length of time on a television sporting event or towards your computer screen. Mm. These nasty women just won't let a man watch sport just let me... in his territory. They keep, talk- <laughs> they, the territory. they keep calling your home your territory. <laughs> Which I guess is not... I guess I guess it's your territory. It's just you can't watch a sporting event on your territory <laughs> without a woman getting angry with you for not making eye territory. contact. Yes, yes. This is this is something my wife pointed out. So um, she was probably trying to manipulate me and saying this somehow. <laughs> what about driving? What about like, <laughs> so women don't flip out when a man is driving and start like trying to get his attention, and get in his face, crawl all over him. Hey, 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 pay attention to me. <laughs> or if she's driving, she doesn't do it while just looking at you the entire time. <laughs> just perfect neck 90 degrees sideways. <laughs> yeah. Intuiting where all the other cars on the road are by subcommunicating <laughs> with the women around them. No, this is uh, uh, completely incoherent. Um, <laughs> I would say, especially with Dave, with um, was it David Clare? Someone David Clare, Clare. Yeah, yeah, David Clare, because when he was talking about how he's, how he got divorced, how it was because mm. he was spending too much time providing for his wife, but not you know, paying attention to her. Sounds like it sounds cool. like maybe he was watching sport instead of paying attention <laughs> to her, and that's what got her shitty. <laughs> instead yeah. of this, like this old. <laughs> The female of the species needs to... No, I was saying it in a really upper Australian accent. <laughs> Let's just imagine it's super The female of the species needs to look <laughs> in your fucking eyes to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, 
<laughs> he probably doesn't speak like that. He almost certainly doesn't speak like that. broad Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, over no. clear from Rabbit Flats. <laughs> oh, well. All right, so all right, so that's uh, evolution and biology. It's the main things that they talk, sort of like lay the groundwork of that. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. going to hedge everything that they say in like some pseudoscientific narrative about biology and shit basically. well they they hedge by using all of the pseudoscience but they also hedge by saying oh this is this is not a theoretical work this is a practical work this is just what what works oh, there's for lots of hedging in the field in the field yeah in the field <laughs> uh, <laughs> by in the field i'm assuming they mean what the fuck do these guys think they are like they're like, <laughs> they do, they, they're overthinking like, this they're, they're field just, operatives they're in field, like it's, it's a like, secret service or something you're, like, you're, just, out you're the going outside and talking and to talking people. to people just do it like a normal That's fucking like, human being. Just this isn't. You're not. You're not a commando in the field. <laughs> just going on a skirmish. Just, <laughs> talk to people. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. Like ah, oh, but this is the. It's, it's just so you've not read PUA shit. You've not read PUA shit though. I've lurked around on R slash Red Pill because it's mm. a bit of a train wreck, mm. and there's a significant overlap between them and PUA. Yeah, no. Well, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess they are they are distinct things. Yes. They're distinct. There's, there's enough overlap yes. that yeah. I recognized a fair bit of so what was So I think this, this book would count as probably both Red Pill and PUA. Nice. The bridge, the bridge. Yes. I suppose I don't know where if it's a Venn diagram, I don't know where the Excuse me. I don't know where the union of the two mm. sets is exactly, but I'm sure there are people in PUA that would disavow some of the stuff from Red Pill. But I think probably the fundamental yeah. idea, right, with Red Pill, my understanding mm. of Red Pill, is uh, you know, Red Pill, Blue Hoodie Matrix thing. And uh, Red Pill is like, you want to understand women in particular, you want to understand like evolutionary psychology and probably some other things as well. Uh, and they've got a few books that they like and a few pe- people that they like. And uh, you take the red pill as a dude, right? And all of a sudden your eyes are opened about the way that the world works. Like, I don't know, if you're all the way down with Bronze Age pervert, you're probably like thinking that we live in a gynocracy and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, but it could be as simple as something like, I don't know, women generally find men who have their shit together more attractive. Who thought? Yeah, who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, there are aspects of it that I can't disagree with. Could you imagine with. being the sort of dude who, like, you need to... I mean, maybe... Was I the sort of person who needed to know this uh, when I was younger? I feel like some of the stuff they talk about is just, like, really fucking obvious. It's like, yeah, okay, if you've got a job or, like, a sense of direction or whatever, or you're mm. working towards something, like, people will find that more endearing and more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that really that surprising? Is that really a red pill moment? I... Depends how blue pill you are. Like, what the fuck? Did, like, this is my question about the red pill shit. Mm. It's like, do, do these... Some of these men, presumably young men, but these guys aren't young. They're middle-aged by the sounds of it. So... Yeah, that's, they, that's grim. Are they walking around their whole life thinking like, oh yeah, if I just, just sit in front of the fucking t- telly all day and watch the NFL or footy mm. or whatever, and then just don't do anything with my life or whatever that they're just, uh, they just like women will just come up and have sex with them and stuff. Like what is, what is the deal? 
Well, that's what you think until you go on r slash red pill and they say, maybe you should go to the gym. Mm. Then you'll be more attractive to women. And you go, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Then they say, maybe you should get a job. You'll be more attractive to women. To women. And people go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And they say, maybe you should start insulting her until she, <laughs> until, until she, until she loves you. <laughs> and they go, well, the previous two points made a lot of sense. So <laughs> guess I've got to give They're it a like shot. From... Uh... The law of induction. Yeah. Um look, I'm all about the atomic black pill. Um, the, <laughs> the, the atomic black the pill. Atomic black is this pill. a is this a cobalt atomic black pill? <laughs> no. Cobalt sixty? <laughs> no, it was no. A, I heard about this guy called Eggman. Oh fuck God. What's <laughs> what's Eggman? <laughs> he's he's this guy who talks about the atomic black pill in this great video called take the atomic black pill mm. or take the Go black on. pill what what did he say? it's just him in his car talking about how women want genetically superior males oh once they have tasted the genetically superior male they'll never go back to your substandard genes yeah right interesting the game's over before it and he was started. obviously saying this like from uh, a bed surrounded by gorgeous women oh no no he's taken the black pill yeah, he oh, was. So, he was. Oh, hey. he was in a parking lot, in his car, <laughs> by <himself>. smoking, smoking, <laughs> mumbling, to the mumbling to the camera, <laughs> land in portrait mode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, we'll listen to him. Uh, have you heard of men going their own way? Meeked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember. I was back in the day. I was watching this fitness. That's, YouTuber. that's the true sigma. <laughs> sigma. Oh god. Yeah. Yes. The way of the ascetic. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Evelyn had in mind. <laughs> the path of contemplation. Meeked. This is meeked. <laughs> <laughs> versus the, the, the red pill PUA part of action. Yeah. So I was, and I feel like there's a high overlap between male fitness YouTubers and, and, and red pill PUA shit as well. But I was watching this, uh, this, uh, um, fitness YouTube back when I was like 19 or 20. And all of a sudden he just started talking about like how, uh, He's, he, he no longer spends the night with women and all this sort of stuff. And just like, and then he started talking about men going their own way and MGTOW and shit. And his channel just turned into like this weird, like, <laughs> uh, just explaining how he's an independent man and his eyes have been opened to the way the world works. And it's like, what the fuck is this guy going on about? <laughs> I, I yeah, he might have overshot his trend us. Started getting paranoid. No, he was natty, bro. Was he natural, natural, or Ronnie Coleman natural? Well, he he wasn't jacked up. Like he was his his fit, like okay. fit dude. Okay, he wasn't. Anyway, what have we got? What have we got? You yeah. want to talk about female logic? So, the next major section. Okay, so we've to sort of summarize this book, uh, or to like give it to you, you know, a bit more coherent way. We're, we're going to explain some of the parts of uh, the fundamental uh, axioms mm-hmm. or findings of this book <laughs> uh, about women. Um, and the first, <laughs> the first thing that you really need to understand about women is, as Jack mentioned, female, female logic. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the better parts of the book. Yeah. Would so, you like um, to give us an introduction, Jack? Yeah, so... Women are all about feelings. 
men, men like logic, women like feelings. They clarified this point in a really elegant way. So they gave a pictorial representation of male logic, which was A pointing to B, pointing to C, pointing to D. Mm. Men like causal relationships, correlations, numbers, hard stuff. Mm. Women, with women, A might lead to B, maybe it leads to X, maybe it leads to 2. Maybe it leads to Zeta. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe it leads to nothing. Maybe it leads to five different things. Maybe it loops back in on itself. Who knows? Maybe it stops by um, its favourite salon and gets a pedicure on the way home from work just because it felt like it needed to treat itself. Yeah. Yeah. Stops by at its boyfriend's place. Gets fucked by an alpha. Before (laughs) visiting her husband. Before visiting her husband. Yeah, so... So that's um, (laughs) our... Female logic is is not predicated on things that men think are logical, like correlations. Correlations. Or causal relationships. Sets and subsets. It's just about a an endless cavalcade of emotions which may or may not actually be related to each other. And it's just a continuous emotional present with no past or future. Moment to moment. Just the arising and the falling away of intense emotional volatility. Mm. And what what one of the key things to understand about female logic is that women are constantly trying to externalize the responsibility for the way they feel mm. onto their environment and the people around them. So they're they're basically looking for external narrations or narrations using external causes mm. of uh, their internal state. Yeah, it seems like they see women as just. Basically like a random number generator, just <laughs> spitting out a new emotion every now and then. And, and so then, and women, then, and women then the will woman feel is this trying, emotion. It's like a GPT-3. It's just taking in environmental stimuli and trying to do sentiment analysis to like its own internal state. No, no, it's the opposite. So a woman starts feeling a really strong emotion <laughs> yeah. just for no reason. And she looks to the outside world and goes, well... I can't what be responsible because I'm factor. a I'm a woman. Yes, I, I don't take responsibility. How do how do we match an how external? Do, how do I blame it on the to, outside world to this internal feeling? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and invariably, they'll find a man and blame him. Well, yeah. If uh, if a man should be so un- yeah. unfortunate to be both present and unskilled. Yeah. Yes. Not <laughs> not privy to the arts of seduction. Yes. Uh, so that's one of the key things is that she is trying to. So, in the, in the words of psychology, they're basically saying that all women. Oh no! Well, mm, I say, are they saying all, all women, women are like that, that mate? They, I guess they can't. They they hedge what they say a lot by saying we're we're, talk, we're making generalizations, and there was always exceptions. But you know, this is what they think about all women. No, because <laughs> they they say that sometimes, and this is this is a very common theme with almost yeah. everything we read. Is they're not very disciplined about sticking to one story. Yeah. They'll sometimes hedge and say, oh, we're making generalizations. We're not saying all women are like this. Mm. Some women are great at logic. I, I know women are like, some of my best friends are women. Yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> some, of my, some of my best friends are women. <laughs> <laughs> I got but many this... women in my life. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then at other times they'll just say, yeah, there's just, there's just what women do fundamentally. They can't help it. They can't help it. So, yeah. um, and this is, there are no moral judgments here. There are no moral this judgments. Is, this is uh, an impartial, impersonal 
evaluation yeah. of the state of nature. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the other thing that's happening is, uh, oh yes, with female logic, they're trying to match their emotional state and the content of what they're saying mm. is irrelevant. Yeah, it's not... Um... So how, you shouldn't there, take did, it too seriously. You, is there a concrete example from the book? Can we give a? There probably were, but I yeah, uh, yeah. So you 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 always have to look for the subtext of what a woman is saying. So say Franco, the natural, mm. the, the dangerously charismatic man. <laughs> Public once, enemy number. He one. was once talking to a woman, and you know, because Franco, we we all know Franco. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was trying to have sex oh, with her. Oh, big Franco. <laughs> Sly dog. <laughs> anyway, so Franco was being Franco, but this this woman insisted he shave his beard, and because Franco knows women, he knows you don't take what they're saying seriously. It's not because she doesn't like beards. <laughs> so he he got to thinking, okay, with my knowledge of womanese, <laughs> that's not that's, this, is, this is not my term. Womanese is is their term. This <laughs> yes. Yeah, so with his knowledge of womanese. He was like, okay, 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 so what, what could she possibly be saying when she tells me to get rid of my beard? I know. <laughs> beard, that's masculine. No beard, smooth skin. Who has smooth skin? Women. This lady's a lesbian. Clear lesbian. Clear lesbian. So um, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. That's the, you've, you've got to listen to the underlying emotion. Of what yes. women are saying. You've got to unpack, deconstruct what they're saying to yes. get to the essence of <laughs> yeah. what they're trying to tell what you. They're trying to you tell don't, li- don't, don't listen, listen to, to what, what they're telling you. They're, listen yeah. to what they're telling you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> so, real red pill. And, the, <laughs> and the, the purpose of female logic is there's two, it's a two prong thing. There's two evolutionary purposes, which, um, are to manipulate men mm. and their environment to support herself and her children. Yeah. Because the number one imperative or the number one thing that a woman is trying to do is, one, have as many children Just as possible. Pop out lots of babies. But two, there's a, there's two parameters or constraints that women have to deal with is mm. then once they've had the children, investing in those children sufficiently. Yeah, or... Getting a man to invest in them. Or getting, getting, getting a man to invest. Yeah. 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 Yes. So the second purpose of, or the, whichever order they're supposed to go in, is the procreation aspect of it, which is getting, the, getting pregnant. Mm. So manipulating. So I guess you can disaggregate that into getting knocked up. And then once you're knocked up, getting him to look after the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So that's female logic. A does not follow B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also... So a, a lot of men don't understand female logic because they haven't read this book. Yeah. But now now we do. Now hopefully our listeners will understand too. But Do you feel, do you feel more confident talking to women? Yeah. Much you more. you've learned about female logic. Yeah. I've le- yeah. I just don't listen to what they say anymore. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just project my own desires of what I wish them to be saying upon what they say. And I'm and much happier. Love them for who they really are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 
um, the next the next point is a really interesting point. It's called female basic conflict. Mm. Mm. So, okay. So here's the idea. And correct me if I get this a little bit wrong. But <laughs> roughly speaking, a woman has an internal conflict, which is yeah. that she finds alpha men sexually attractive. Yeah, and this, so, is, this is the Gordian knot of the feminine. The Gordian knot of the feminine. <laughs> so... You, as a woman, say you like a nice chiseled jaw like Jack's. <laughs> uh, masculine, tall, alpha, uh, high social status, uh, maybe a bit dangerous, maybe bad boy, maybe rides a motorcycle, maybe takes to the high seas and conquers small island nations. Mm. Um, but the problem is you need a provider and normally the alpha male is able to fuck other women and like get mm. other women pregnant. So you need to shut that shit down, put a ring on it and uh, get pregnant and then make him your provider. But the thing is, once he becomes the provider, he then loses the thing that made you attracted to him in the first place. And you start to resent him. And in becoming a provider and developing this resentment, uh, you need to move on to another alpha male. So there's mm. this constant tension between the sexual love of alpha men and then wanting them to be providers as well and losing that attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, if a female life is just a succession of breaking wild men, taming them, and then controlling them while you move on to the next one. Is this like a... Uh... Like a person who breaks like, horses, like Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Make them battle each other. Battle it out. <laughs> They're like knocking each other, flame throwing each other, and she's like electrocuting <laughs> the, one another. The elite four will be a succession of women with like twelve children and twelve different men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird. Yeah. So let me see the basic female. Uh, so, oh yeah, the heart, they like bad boys by the head, so they want bad, good boys or something. Yeah, and that's, that's the lover-provider dichotomy. Lover-provider dichotomy. The lover is, is it's a man with whom a woman can express herself sexually, yeah. freely. He doesn't judge, and importantly, he doesn't try to exert control over her. Mm. And remember, the, the lover and the, the provider, these are two hard categories of men. Mm. You don't... <laughs> Yes. You don't pick and choose characteristics between them. You don't you don't have say someone who's a great lover but is actually quite judgmental and a bit jealous. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Either you're a lover, you'll you'll have sex with a large number of women without judgment, without jealousy, without trying to exert control over any of these mm. women. And women choose these people emotionally. And you, you know women. They love choosing emotionally. That's all they do. <laughs> but then, then you've got the provider. He's your your beta bitch boy. Yeah. The one, the the, the, the former proud what? alpha that a harpy just roped into a relationship with 
maybe divorced him when she became disgusted with him being a gross provider <laughs> and forcing him to pay her child support. Took, took 70% of his net wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Ruined his life. Get a fucking fat alimony check. Every, yeah, every exactly. Month. Yeah. Buying some Gucci with his hard-earned <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Mm. Um, this is the universal male experience. Universal. Universal. <laughs> <laughs> <to> everyone. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. um and and the love the provider unlike the lover the provider tries so they'll take care of the woman and her kids mm. but tries to impose order on the woman and control her. Oh yeah. And she can't freely express her sexuality around this sort of person who's no. judging her. You're never going to have someone who will take care of a woman and her child, maybe even his child too. Maybe it's his child with that woman. Yes. He's never going to take care of them. No. While also accepting her sexuality, however she wishes to express it. These are hard categories that cannot be broken. I just don't The The variety of human experience does not extend beyond these two categories. Into these two categories. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, so they, they make an argument later in the book that it's like, if you want to have a, they call it LTR, because everything in this oh, fucking every, Everything is, a, <laughs> is an acronym. That's a goddamn acronym. Um, LTR, long-term relationship. You need to somehow uh, maintain the lover. Mm. You need to act in... So, I mean, like, they're basically saying you need to be emotionally manipulative. <laughs> you need to act in such ways that you need to be aloof or mysterious maintain sexual tension and look obviously maintaining you know healthy sex life throughout a relationship especially the longer you stay together is uh obviously important but like they frame it in this weird way where it's like you're almost uh you're like curate constantly they're like saying curate Mm. your personality in order to achieve this like sexual outcome yeah. with your partner and don't kind of actually just be yourself it's like there, there's also constantly this... be thinking two moves ahead and mm, like thinking how years. how this is going like your behavior is going to affect her perception of you mm. yeah yeah it's the the constant game theory of a long-term relationship oh god it sounds exhausting many of these dudes yeah <laughs> but there, there, there's this there's this tension that i don't quite see how you get out of where they they seem to be saying that it's it's better to be a lover because women just resent oh, you. Well, yeah. They just resent like, you and take advantage of you and cheat on you if you're a provider. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But a a core component of being a lover is that you're totally non-judgmental. And they do say quite often, okay, don't be judgmental. Another component though is that you you don't seek to exert control over her. However, the rest of the book seems to be about how you exert control over a woman, about how you change her sex drive to suit is, your this needs. This is the problem with the book, about, right? Sorry, if I'm not rustling around the audience, I'll move, adjusting. Uh, my big fat dick, no. <laughs> uh, my body. So, um, yeah, like, huge parts of this book are just, like... They're explaining how to be emotionally manipulative and, and well, get, also get saying, the reaction that you want. Oh, out you of need to be person. you need to be a lover. Yeah, which entails not trying to exert control over her. Yeah, 
so she can freely express her sexuality. But at the same time, you're trying to modify her sexuality. Yeah. To be more convenient. To you, well, because what do you want as a dude? You just want to fuck, right? Yeah. Like, it's... Just all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Probably thinking about it a little bit too. Yeah, I think I think we're overthinking the book and not overthinking our relationships enough. <laughs> so the next bit, which we alluded to already, but this is really one of the core bits of the book, is a uh, female subcommunication. Oh man, otherwise uh, known as womanese. Womanese. What were your the thoughts on this part, Jack? Womanese on this concept. Uh, um. Listen, listen up, fellas. <laughs> listen up, fellas. The reason why women don't make sense is because you don't speak their language. Women, because women evolved in male-dominated societies, mm. which have suppressed their sexuality, mm. women <laughs> need to be able to communicate with other women without the dudes catching on. And they do this by subcommunicating, which is this instinctual. They might not even be aware that they're doing it. Yeah, this instinctual way of communicating. It might just always be sexu- slight- always sexual things. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Isn't it? like they're not like communicating anything, you know, kind of like I don't know that has like economic value or whatever. They're, just, like, they're not. Trade secrets or whatever. Trade secrets. F- 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 slight uh, twinkle in the eye, flinch of a flinch mm. of a cheek or something. And you're insider trading. And you're insider trading. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Pelosi's up there just <laughs> making all sorts of weird facial gestures. <laughs> gestures and uh, oh yeah, we just bought a bunch of uh, Pfizer stock before the before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, uh, yeah. So this this subcommunication. This is uh. What they're essentially talking about is is body language, <laughs> and and yeah, that's what subtext. It seems to be. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. a, I we are, okay. They play armchair psychologists, so I'm going to play armchair psychologists. Please just, do, just like I did with uh, uh Selkie. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> with, we've with everyone. I I pull out my armchair psychologist and try to diagnose them. Mm. Uh, well, Selkie was definitely schizoaffective. <laughs> 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 and uh, these guys are probably autistic or on the spectrum. <laughs> I don't know if they're autistic. I just think they're... In order to have a healthy adult relationship mm. with another person, a romantic relationship, you need to be willing to make yourself vulnerable. Yes. And to me, it seems that Either they've never been able to make themselves vulnerable, they just, mm. they just haven't reached that level of emotional maturity, or they at one stage could and got hurt in a relationship. And well, they're so they're divorced, right? Yeah, their, so. their terror at being hurt emotionally again is preventing them from being able to maintain a meaningful romantic relationship yeah. with another human being. That's my... I don't think it's pathological. I think they're just emotionally stunted. Yes. So, okay, I'm going to take off the feign. <laughs> I'm just, I call it just that for a second. And, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. I, you know, like in the episode uh, on Solanus, well, I mean, with Solanus, it's extremely obvious because she, she was probably raped. As a yeah. Child. But she, uh, her views on gender and stuff are shaped strongly by her trauma. Um, and that comes through very strongly in the text. Um, there's definitely moments in this book where you 
can kind of feel the resentment or the you can kind of feel the resentment, but but it's just this, a, uh, a burning sun of resentment. <laughs> yeah, and and I and it's n- no surprise that these men had a history of tumultuous relationships. However, that is not a sufficient reason, <laughs> I think, because it's like that. Uh, you know, this idea that. Some people might say, like, oh, yeah, well, this bully bullies, this person bullies these other people. Well, they were probably bullied when in some other context. Mm. It's like, sure, but not all people who are bullied turns in, turn into bullies. So you can't just completely obviate yeah, the person's there's something responsibility else going on. for their own actions. And part of that is that that person is making the choice to be a bully. Mm-hmm. And other people who were abused or bullied didn't respond like that to that stimulus and so these men have had some pretty nasty relationship experiences by the sounds but and they translated that into this weird hogwash pseudoscience (laughs) and turned it into this horrible book to sort of i think retroactively justify their own positions in their divorces and and but other men who have had you know unfortunate endings to their relationships haven't done haven't turned into these resentful little spiders so i don't think it's yeah. sufficient justification no i think there's there was the stimulus of a bad relationship and for whatever reason they've been unable to come to terms with yeah an unpleasant experience and instead of what i would consider the emotionally healthy response of grieving and then being willing to be vulnerable again with someone else. Yeah. They've just they've not only completely walled themselves up, but erected this bizarre intellectual ed- edifice to justify why it was her fault. Yes. Yeah. And and the, the other thing on the emotional vulnerability thing is that uh, some people would write, I, well, would make an argument that a lot of people, a lot of men... Uh, probably regardless of the culture, but in, in, in the context of Australian culture or maybe you could say more broadly like Western culture in Western industrialised countries, like men are uh, emotionally, not good at being emotionally vulnerable, mm. um, which is fine. Like that's probably the case compared to women or whatever. Uh, there's a whole bunch of conversation uh, probably in the last like 10 years around mental health, but then also more specifically male mental health and all that sort of stuff, yeah, like being vulnerable. And um, yeah, these these dudes, not once in this book did they ever talk about, oh, well, they talk about opening up, but then that's part of the beta-ization process. So yeah, they you don't want to do that. You're discouraged. Because then you'll become her male girlfriend yeah that's how she gets you yeah and so they're literally saying like no don't have an emotionally open relationship with your long-term partner what much of this book seems to be advocating for is basically how to turn any relationship you have into a time bomb like (laughs) don't listen to what she's saying to you we're we're telling you what she means. What she really means. She yeah, doesn't have your best interests at heart. Communication. 
So your best bet is just to manipulate her and undermine her self-confidence so she won't leave you. At the same time, her her request for communication, and we'll get into the five stages of female manipulation and why the the request to communicate is actually really bad. Yes. You know, a a sinister sign. A sinister sign. So why, why you shouldn't communicate with her. They also talk about why you shouldn't let her get interested in your hobbies. Yeah. Oh, or your friends. Such good good, no, we'll leave that for later. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. But basically, this is just a blueprint for a fucking time bomb. Just this is a, a nuclear meltdown. If you want to know working. how not to have a fucking healthy relationship, <laughs> you, you should follow this book. This is a recipe for fucking disaster. So, this <laughs> is just, just a Chernobyl in waiting. So, so uh, uh, one thing that we need to mention is uh, AB ambivalence. What about the subcommunication? We were talking yeah, about we're subcommunication talking about like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, well, we've, we've kind of me- been meandering around. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's put it in a nutshell then. Subcommunication. <laughs> Secret woman language. Secret woman language. That you, you need to be able to... You that need these to be three divorces to, have yeah. to You decoded. need to be able to speak it to let women know that you're non-judgmental and then they'll have sex with you because they like it, so that's good. Yeah. You speak it too much, you become feminized or gay. Yes. Which is obviously bad. Yeah, some Ted Haggerty shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you don't want to you don't want to speak it too much. Yeah. You want to be able to understand it. You also want to be aware that it is hypnotic. Yes. And it hypnotizes men, puts them into a pussy trance. Pussy trance. Which makes That's the uh, which makes a man scientific term for it. <laughs> a man so they say so. Some listeners will be be familiar with the term pussy whipped. Yes. They say that pussy whipped is a subcategory oh, pussy of trance. pussy pussy trance. And so, so, so pussy whipped is uh, where you'll do whatever your your significant other, yeah. your female significant yeah, other yeah. tells you to do. Pussy trance yeah. is a a broader problem where you'll just you'll just do whatever women ask you to do. So you know, like women's like, hey, can you stop playing FIFA? You've been playing for like four hours and like come and have dinner with me, please, and let's have a conversation. And if you acquiesce mm. to that demand, then you're pussy whipped. Like, yeah. You'll beat a yeah. Bitch. And you should just keep on playing COD. Mm. But yep. what happens if um so, so pussy trance is even worse. You're, yeah, you're like a like a socially adjusted human being. You, you're cruising Reddit, and you see a, you see a female in trouble, yes. and you rush to her defence. Yeah, and on that's Reddit, that's pussy trance. Yeah, the white knight, the nice guy. Or even if you just you know you you have a female colleague and you know you let her speak at a meeting. I mean, the fact that you even have a female colleague really yeah. means you're probably pussy trance. Pussy tranced. Yeah. yeah, pussy entranced. I guess is the. Yeah, the adjective. Just really, if uh, if a woman speaks, she's going to use rich descriptive language. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the term they use. There's a rich like so men. Of course, they, these do these guys have two fucking brain cells between them. They can't come up with anything creative. Okay, so like oh uh, 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 like men alpha man talk very short stoic precise uh, precise. Okay, it's like a bit James Levi Joyce. James Joyce was a man, and he certainly didn't do that. Yeah, I know. Just like, have they heard of like, I don't know, F. Scott Fitzgerald or, I don't know, Charles Dickens or... Yeah. I mean, I look, writing in a terse <laughs> way was never a problem that Charles Dickens had. Thoreau? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. So, no, they're all beaters. 
<laughs> they use they rich, rich descriptive language. Descriptive language. <laughs> effeminate. <laughs> Very effeminate. Yeah. So, uh, so women talk descriptively, use rich language, and um, you know, subcommunicate. There's there's some funny stand up about it, but you know, it's the whole like, oh yeah, like a man will just recount facts. <laughs> I went to the game. The demons won. Had a beer with the boys. Came home. Smashed it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Recount facts. Accurate. Uh, the woman, well, what? Like, oh, yeah, well, I was going over to my mother's house because I just remembered that I need to pick up my laundry. But on my way over, I realized that Susie, I hadn't seen Susie in a, in a pasta house where I went in and we sat down and had a coffee and she had just recently been divorced. And because women get high off mm. that shit. And as a man listening to this, you- you're getting more and more and more confused <laughs> and more and more entranced. <laughs> and then next thing you know, she's fin doming you. <laughs> and it's it's a slippery slope to, to listening listen to women speak. It's, um, and luckily we've we've got Franco, you're, you're David, Claire, and the it's other like, guy. What's that? Um, what's that? Uh, a sc- scholar. Sc- Scopolamine, 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 scopolamine. Yeah, scopolamine. She's like in a, in a trance. Like she she started talking such descriptive language, and well, I just remember I was at an ATM. I was withdrawing money, giving it to her. I don't know. Went down to a handbag shop. I don't know. Can't can't remember what happened. Her language was just so so rich, so descriptive. So, descriptive. <laughs> so many adjectives. <laughs> Such double adjectives, triple adjectives, <laughs> nested clauses, three <laughs> levels of nesting. I just couldn't I think, think. I heard a sub, a <laughs> semicolon. In I think I heard a semicolon. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's pussy trancing because yeah, yeah. men, men. So obviously, our YouTube audience will be all male and. Our podcast audience will be all female. Be all male. Or, no, it'll be all female because men very visual, very visual, very visual. You know, they're looking at us. Women, auditory. Yeah. So, yeah. My point. My point. Like five minutes ago <laughs> was was they. There's nothing interesting about their characterization. It's just like it's just yeah. We've heard all of this bullshit before. Yeah, men like short descriptive logical things and women are like chitty chatty and all this sort of stuff. They just have turned it into this like elaborate fucking mess. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's a lot of convolution for convolution's sake. Now, what about AB ambivalence? Oh yeah. The thing you, you were bringing up like 10 minutes ago before I cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't um, worry. You're just being a man. I was being, <laughs> yeah, it's um, typical flighty women. A, B, ambivalence. She'll say something, leave open the possibility of, in, of interpreting whatever she said as A or B. Um, and not, not... Not committing to one of them. Yes. It's a test for a man. Bit of a test. And as you'll... See if, if a man's going to take control. Women, women are constantly testing men. Yeah. Always testing men. And this is one of the early ones. You leave a... And, a sentence open for interpretation. Often one of the interpretations could potentially be sexual. Mm. Or probably both. Probably both. And how how you react to that, how you handle that. Well, 
how 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 an alpha might handle that mm. um, might be t- totally disregarded. I don't know. I don't know what an alpha would do <laughs> in such a situation. But yeah, this is a common tech. And the thing is, the thing is, women do not realize necessarily that they might be doing it consciously, but oftentimes they're doing it unconsciously. Yeah, they just don't know. And this is one of the fucking bullshit things about this text, but also like a lot of psychi- like psychoanalysis stuff mm. is this uh you this invocation of the subconscious now i'm not saying that there's not subconscious processes in human psychology however it's this uh it's almost like god of the gaps you just like just say like oh these people act this way because of that's what their subconscious and you can just like wave your hands and then say oh these people acting this way with absolutely no justification you just like invoke the subconscious it's almost like uh you just it's just this magical thing that you can invoke to justify any explanation of human behavior yeah or normally any inconvenient yeah aspect of human behavior and it it disagrees with your again it's worldview it's completely unfalsifiable yeah it's it it's sort of like whenever when someone has read too much freud and you're talking to them about something whenever you disagree with them they say oh you're just projecting yeah Again, they whenever, like the whenever it's with a, with a with a Marxist, if someone disagrees with them, they say, "Oh, it's false consciousness." Yes, class consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's class consciousness if you're wealthier than them. If you're poorer than them, it's false consciousness. Oh, it's so they've, false consciousness. They've, they've covered both bases. Oh, really? Okay, well there you go. Well, I haven't you've read got, enough Marxism. You've, you've, you, they've got it both ways. Don't worry. Yeah, they can they can go to the gaps. You no matter what. Yeah. So it's uh, as uh, Karl Popper says, love Popper. <laughs> Karl Popper says, like, if it, if it explains everything, it explains nothing. Mm. These are these... So he goes after Adler in particular, but mm. also Freud. Uh, and he goes after the Marxists. And he goes after... Uh, I can't remember, like, another... It was like, these are grand traditions, these psychological theories or whatever, um, that always have some, e- in the word, words of David Deutsch, easily varied narrative mm. that they can always twist to explain the thing. And... When, when you come across uh, something that is, uh, as, as Popper says, like if something is um, irrefutable, you know, like someone might say like, oh, yes, that is an irrefutable point. Like normally it's seen as like a good thing to say. Mm. But actually, if something is irrefutable, it, it is unable to be refuted. That is actually a sign of a bad system of thought. It's a system of thought that is so easily twisted to explain away inconveniences that you can't actually come up with a falsification of it. And so irrefutability in a Papirian epistemology is a sign that the system is not, is like a, it's not, it's not something that can lead to genuine knowledge creation. It's like a, um, uh, what's that fucking philosopher? Uh, Hegel. It's like Hegel and Marx mm. and, and Freud. You can always say, oh, well, that person's projecting. You're projecting. This <laughs> is class fucking consciousness. Fucking philosopher. Hegel. Fucking philosopher that we all have to read. <laughs> yeah, and I, I found that a really profound point from Popper. And basically, uh, so irrefutability is actually a red flag. And um, if something, and therefore, you know, the easy way to remember that as a mnemonic is um, if something explains everything, then it doesn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's what they they constantly invoke these like subconsciousness, uh, projection, uh, and all these other like bullshit early psychoanalysis ideas. Yeah, which is why. So suppose you, know, you had the misfortune of knowing a woman well enough, 
that you could read this book and I, then ask her about it. I'm fortunate enough to have never really known a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need to worry about that. So <laughs> if you have the misfortune of knowing a woman and you're able to ask her about this, they've got this, this perfect out of when you, you say, oh, do women really just exist to manipulate men into letting them, giving them some sperm and then paying for your kid? They might say, no, I don't view men that way. But the, the authors have this brilliant out where they can say, oh, well, some women just aren't aware of this. They're doing it. They just don't know it. Yeah, you're not aware of it. It's like, he, like, <laughs> uh, okay, so even if on the face of it, mm. somebody says, no, that is not what I'm doing, mm. you can just say, no, well, you are. You're trying, <laughs> trying to manipulate me. Okay. <laughs> well, there, there you go. She's been yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So the next, the last fundamental point. So, so far in our fundamentals, uh, we've covered female logic. Cuckoo logic or chick logic, as they yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, the female basic conflict, which is the love of provider stuff. Um, Woman ease. Subcommunication. Mm-hmm. The last major point is uh, female archetypes. The three main female archetypes. And mm-hmm. look, again, they hedge their. They hedge oh, their they hedge. They hedge, they hedge shit out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> they say these are three categories, which I suppose they, they might say. These are like the extreme characterizations of these mm. categories. And all women have elements of these. Elements of these. It's like, you know, different people have uh, a sliding, um, like a slider for the big five mm. um, psychological traits, ocean traits. Um, everybody's got a bit of everything, but in different degrees, right? Yeah, unless you're totally min-maxing your character. Yeah. Then you're gonna have you're gonna have some points in all of these stats. Yeah. Just min-maxing for materialist, doing a materialist run this lifetime. So the three, Jack. So you got good girls. These are people who are really, really obsessed with how they appear to others and how concordant their behaviour is mm. with society's norms. Mm. So. A good girl might go and study at university if she lives in, say, Australia, because that's considered to be prestigious. Yeah. It's, it's the good thing to do. Yes. She might date and be maybe even monogamous with a high-value man. Probably not, but she'll because at least feign monogamy. Because, yeah, because they <laughs> appear, appear to be. Yeah. Well, it's the appearance of because, monogamy Because society will be happier with that. Yeah, yes. it's all about how society views it. Yes. So it's social then, approval. Yeah. Then you've got your materialista. Yeah, materialista, gold digger, gold digger. Although they said they they had some bullshit thing where they're like, we don't you want to use the term gold digger, but it's like, it's like well then don't even mention it. <laughs> you fucks. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is a woman who trades sex for dollars. Yeah. So like, buy her a new handbag. Maybe yeah. she'll have sex with you. <sighs> And and it's important to be able to pick which kind of Pokemon or which, which woman you're dealing with, because maybe it's it's like, you know, with some Pokemon you could just give them those stones. It's like you give a Thunderstone to Pikachu and it just evolve. Oh, it's yeah, really easy. Into, yeah, uh, into Raichu. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So if you get lucky and you find the right type Fuck of woman, I, I loved Gold Edition, just, man. Yeah, such a good game. Yeah, Love but that but shit. so ex- in exactly the same way, <laughs> some women are like Pokemon, like yeah. that Pikachu. 
you just give them the Thunderstone equivalent. You give them like, I don't know, a handbag or something and they just have sex with you. Mm. And that, that's why you need to know your archetypes. <laughs> if you do, for the practical man, yeah, this, this is uh, practical, this is practical shit. <laughs> Field tested, anyway. And, yeah. And the so, third one, the adventuress. The adventuress. This is a. Uh, this is the fun one. Yeah. Right. This is a. Uh, she likes that fast life. That fast life. Fast friends. Fast drinks. Fast food. Fast bikes. Even fast faster fast, men. Fast dicks. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, terrible for a long-term relationship because she'll get bored with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the magic pussy syndrome. Yes. MPS. Another acronym. It's this belief that having a vagina entitles you to special privileges at other people's expense. And the, the example that they use is child support. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you say so this a lot. I, I wonder whether... At least one or more of these people is getting like are paying child support because oh, they keep know, they keep bringing up child support. You know, at least one of these dudes, maybe two of them, uh, have been just dragged over the coals <laughs> from fucking yeah. some child support. Because they, they they keep bringing it up, and this. But this is look. Okay, so two things. Uh, to have a nuanced conversation. Mm. Because this is but where, we're all this about is where you come to get your nuanced, fair and balanced opinions. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a concern if you did. <laughs> so uh, there's this big thing in uh, the, the red pill types, right? Mm. Um, but also not even amongst the red pill types. Like even like Peterson's spoken about it and other, other people spoken about it. And there's the red men's rights activists. Mm. And people bring up, uh, I think even... Um, yeah, like a number of like people who I'd consider like fairly reputable um, have brought up that there's um, disparities in like family law, like uh, gender biases in mm. like family law stuff. There's a bias towards women. Um, some people might say, well, that's counteracting like domestic violence. So it's, it's, it's a complex debate, but it's a real sore point for the red pill types. Um, the child support stuff <clears throat> and the harshness and the... Uh, apparent imbalance in divorces like it'll always be the man getting shredded basically mm. most of the time um so losing custody and all that sort of stuff um now i don't know anything about this so i'm not going to back anything i say with statistics or data um just make it up extremely vague recollection of at some point in the past i was on the internet and read something um so this is like a sore point for this whole community it's like making like yeah the child support divorce stuff like that's women uh fucking up men mm. as usual and this particular msp magic mps magic pussy syndrome yeah it derives from the same female psychology as like the the hot chick at the club who just uh just walks to the front of the line goes gets a drink and then mm. and then expects like some dude will pay for it or whatever so super entitled she's also the same woman who will get knocked up divorce the guy and take half his stuff yeah yeah and she thinks that she can because she's a woman yeah 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 and then men in pussy trances will defend then, that yeah beta-ized men the white be- night types <laughs> the beta orbiters so frame frame you had to explain this to me earlier because so I I, I I wasn't sufficiently well versed in red pill terminology. So 
How much dating experience did you did you have, Jack, before you got married? Not you a great deal. You were single for a couple of years out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you never got into PUA stuff. Right? No, no. Okay. Um, so touched that board. Yeah, probably a good thing. So I was never particularly good with women, <laughs> and then I got a girlfriend for like five years, um, and then we broke up. And then after we broke up, I tried to get into learning how to like get better with girls. Um, I would say that it, I, I never was particularly good with <laughs> picking up girls, <laughs> uh, but my, uh, one of our friends, uh, would give me advice about things and, uh, who's into RSD, real social dynamics. Um, one of the big PUA YouTube channels, I got like hyper canceled because, well, they said a bunch of really fucking chauvinistic shit in their YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> and they got blasted for it. So, um, uh, And uh, yeah, so one of the things I learned about back then was Frame. Mm. And uh, Frame is like uh, the interpretation or I guess it's uh, you can think of it like if you're looking at the world you can have different lenses and you can observe the same facts. So having a, having, making a distinction between like the facts of an event mm. um, or like the specific words that were said and then like, well, how you interpret those words or, and how you interpret them is sort of defined by your frame. Mm-hmm. So if you have, I should have picked an example from the book. The way I've understood. Yep frame or at least what you're saying is that two different people bringing their own life experiences or preconceived notions of a situation to the same event might view it in different ways yeah is that but how it no works? yes no 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 because frame is also like a social like it's a it's an interpersonal thing so um or is controlling the frame yeah. Sort of controlling the ground truths. It's not just the ground truth. It's like, uh, um, man, uh, this probably explains why I so shit with girls. <laughs> Can't explain fucking frames. Um, the woman might be, you might have been in a chat with the girl and, uh, ah, or here's a like, you can just talk about, I don't know, the weather and it can be a very neutral frame, but then you might like, I don't know, try and be playful about the way the conversation is happening. I don't know how you do that with the weather, but you can shift the kind of the emotional resonance and uh, the subtext and stuff of the conversation to like a more playful frame or like whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's this whole kind of idea in the PUA scene of like controlling the frame. So, and obviously people in PUA community are fucking control freaks. They always want to be controlling fucking everything. So, uh, like if you're having a conversation or if you're in a, if you're in a group of people, like they'll tend to be like socially dominant people, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, people who are more outgoing or whatever. And like the conversation will maybe center around them, whatever. Well, they're setting the frame. And so if they're playful or whatever, if they want to interpret things in a particular way, um, then they're setting the frame. And in the PUA stuff, they're constantly talking about like controlling the frame, not letting the woman like set the frame. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, this is probably the worst explanation I've ever given. <laughs> I clearly don't understand my pickup artistry. <laughs> that might be why you have a girlfriend. Yeah, exited the game. The yes. way that Frame seemed to come up most often in this book was them talking about how, as a man, you should know what you want out of a situation. Yes. And proceed accordingly. Yeah, like you being get in tru- You get in trouble with women... When you don't quite know what you want, but you know that you're interested in women. Yeah. And they, they use that. They just toy with you like a yeah. a cat dismembering a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because women are prey animals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're predators, predators and you're a prey animal if you're an indecisive decisive beater. Yeah. So I think what they're saying with this is like, if you go in and you just like want to get laid, but you're not like a very strong personality, but you you like people sniff that out and they're just like, yeah, just trying to get your dick wet mate and which kind of creepy and which is uh, not untrue actually yeah that sounds fairly reasonable yeah but they just uh they they've given that whole they overthink idea, it the frame they've given it a, a term yeah yeah frame as with quite a few things in this book they might be describing something that actually happens they then overthink it to the point where it stops resembling reality Oh, the Stoics talk about frames. They talk about frames much better. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Seneca, the original yeah, yeah. PUA. No, no, no. They, they talk... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually do. Okay. So, like, you can see, like, okay, some difficult thing happens uh, and you go, oh, woe is me. That sucks. Like, it's such a hard thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Or you can think of, like, well, this is a growth opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to um, overcome this challenge and become a stronger person. Same facts, mm-hmm. different frame. Yeah. Yeah. So... The Stokes are always talking about reframing things. So insofar as a frame can then become an interpersonal thing where like two people bring their own respective frames and then in the conversation there's like a, a frame of the conversation, one of those two people's or maybe like a synergy of the two people's frames will come out. And if you are indecisive or weak or whatever, then the other person's frame will dominate. And mm. if it's in a sexual context with a woman, uh, you don't want to give up the frame to her because she'll set the frame and she'll fucking, she'll screw you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe take your money. Take your lunch money. Yeah, take your lunch money. Maybe even maybe child support. Make you buy a drink, yeah. Lose your house. Yeah. I just met this girl. Just all of a sudden I'm paying alimony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a, the story. As soon as I start thinking of the stories, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, it's a very simple idea. <laughs> right. Put it in the context of pickup archery. It just <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> the next concept is self-esteem. Mm. Very important. Yeah. There are two types of people in the world. Well, no, so that it's a spectrum between high self-esteem, between the, the paragon of high self-esteem, the the Chad Thundercock who has no concept of anything possibly being wrong with them, all the way down to low self-esteem, whatever the avatar of low self-esteem is. What, like Elliot Rogers type or he had too much self-esteem? He was a weird superposition of... Superposition <laughs> <laughs> of messianic impulses and... Chad and Columbine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mainly more of a Columbine, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Definitely more of a mass shooter. <laughs> so, um, high self-esteem. Women, we like them. That's what we want. And as with most things in the book, as, as has probably become obvious... A woman's utility is sex. 
Like really, yeah. when they talk about women, it ultimately gets back to having, having sex. sex with them. Having sex. And so, yeah. Really, a woman's self-esteem is how they relate to their own sexuality. Yeah. And HSE women, high self-esteem women. Comfortable with their sexuality. Yeah, yeah. They're very comfortable with their sexuality. Low self-esteem, and this is why you want to avoid them. Low self-esteem women are bad news. Uncomfortable with their sexuality. They're repressed. Might even demonize sex. They'll lash out at you. They hate men. Yeah. They're scared of them. Markers of low self-esteem women, and they, they bring this up a lot. They say pay attention to her past relationships. Yeah. And again, some of this stuff, like when Jack and I say it, because we're reasonable people, <laughs> you mm. might think, oh, yeah. That's not yeah, bad Okay. Advice. So if a person has a, a history of abusive relationships, mm. maybe that says something about, not obviously trying to get into victim blaming stuff, but like, you know, maybe that says something about them. that They're willing mm. to accept being treated a certain way by other people. Um but then these guys only care about it in the context of like uh, having sex with these women. Mm. I mean, they they try to frame it as though it's about having healthy relationships with women, but it's just about being like <laughs> with, with healthy relationships or with longer term relationships. They just say, "Oh, well, a long term relationship is just repeated seduction." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but uh, <laughs> there are other dynamics that come into also it. like family planning and you know. Buying investments together and building. It's all, it's all about repeated seduction. Yeah, right. Just sweep yeah. her off her feet no, every day. Not about like you know getting a mortgage. I'm pretty sure in multiple part, multiple parts of the book they say sex her good. Yeah, they do. As it's yeah. really it's, come on, mate. <laughs> I just that's, that's the other that's thing. Sometimes all there, there is to it. the 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 words that they use or the phrases that they use, you just like nobody actually speaks like that. No. Like it, it's it's more like it, it reads as though they're like this is how they this is how they imagine somebody who's good with women speaks. <laughs> so they've concocted this like avatar in their it's head. Like it's real down with the kids' um, language. Alpha Chad, yeah, young hip, twenty-year-old mm. athletic college stud. This is how he says sex and good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's just like some sort of pudgy 38-year-old divorcee hiding behind a pseudonym. <laughs> like if you're going to write a book like this, at least fucking own up to it. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure at, at least two of the author's names seem like actual names. Franco yeah. doesn't seem like yeah, a real name. I just don't like Franco. Whenever I hear Franco, I just think of Francisco Franco. <laughs> I think of the, the Spanish fascist dictator writing about PUA. I think of James Franco, who I actually like. Okay. He's a pretty good that actor. probably says something about the two of us. The <laughs> free association with the word Franco. Yeah, I think that does say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, let's see. Should we move on to screening or sex drive? Probably sex drive, because self-esteem and sex drive work together as this kind of two-by-two two grid that you can use to classify yeah, women. The, these are the two primary axes by which... The, uh, the female soul is analysed. Yes. So, so if you've ever heard of the big five, the ocean, mm. 
openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and eroticism. That uh, decomposition of personality only applies to men. Women, their it's all about personality is disaggregated into self-esteem and sex drive. <laughs> 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 and uh, I suppose also archetype, but... Yeah, I feel like those sit on top of the... Yeah. The, the sex drive, self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, so you, you analyze them in terms of their sex drive, self-esteem, and you kind of make assessment, all right, high self-esteem, low sex drive, material Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Way, I figured this woman out. <laughs> I know what she wants. She's not going to fuck me. She's just going to take my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Anyways, low sex drive, high sex drive. It, do we really need to fucking explain yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's exactly it what, what it sounds, sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank fuck. Um, okay. So having said that, the next, should we talk about screening? Yeah. Okay. So if you imagine fusing these two things together, we get a two by two grid. On one side of the grid, it's high self-esteem, low self-esteem, mm. say, the top row, high self-esteem, bottom row, low self-esteem. And then the two columns, the left column is low sex drive. The right column is high sex drive. Yeah. You have these four buckets of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to screen out all the ones that we don't want, given what we want in our lives. Yeah. Yes. So what are some of our, what are some of the important concepts in screening? So... Basically, you, you don't want low self-esteem women in your life. They're bad news. Uh, isn't there, wasn't there one exception where they're like, low self-esteem, high sex drive women. You can fuck them, mm. but don't keep them Then around. run away. Then run away. Yeah. 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 yeah so if you want to coerce someone into sex. And this is what I mean about, <clears throat> like, a lot of this book is just about emotional manipulation <laughs> like they just say straight up like yeah well if if a person has a high sex drive and, and a low self-esteem they're ripe for the picking <laughs> it's just like this is the real like, world man so fucking just predatory too much of a pansy to see see the world for what it really is oh, i suppose so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so just just like a 30 something year old man was like yeah okay Low self-esteem woman, but she, she's got a high sex drive. I am going to exploit the fact that she's got low self-esteem to get my rocks off. And then I'm going to kick her to the curb. Like, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's the way that I'd expect, like... That's, that's how a 16-year-old thinks. Yeah. Like, if, if these people were teenagers when, I wrote, when yeah, they wrote this, exactly. I'd, I'd think, oh, come on. It's understandable because... You're 16 or something. But these three... And remember, if you're a three grown man... If you're a grown man writing this... They wrote this together, presumably read it and edited Mm. it, even though it's obviously not edited. Um, Like, so three grown men, ostensibly all of them have had at least one, if not multiple, long-term partners. And at the end of that, these three buffoons thought that yes this is what we think about the way to treat other people yes mm. exploit their low self-esteem yeah 
Anyways, sorry, I've been unpacking <laughs> this too much. It just really shits me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we've got a early frame announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's with screening. You you want if you're gonna commit your time, your, sorry, I'm getting tired. That's why I can keep you short and short. Precious male time to a woman. You want Life to make sure. Yeah, you want to make sure it's the right woman. Yeah, like you're an alpha male. Yeah, you don't you don't have time to fuck around. You've got choice. <laughs> you got so much choice. Time is a zero sum game. You don't got so much energy. Plus, you're out there being high status, making lots of bank, stacking sats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone who is too into Bitcoin is successful with <laughs> I don't think anyone who uses terms like stack and <laughs> Yeah, no, they are no. I feel like given that the Bitcoin community uses the phrase to orange pill someone, there might be two <laughs> high an overlap between the red pill community and the bitcoin community for i don't feel comfortable unpacking this let's move on <laughs> anyway so you you're gonna when you when you meet a new woman you're gonna yep. subject her to a battery of tests <clears throat> yes to make to make sure she's prime i don't know, prime material for whatever you wish to do with her whether it's a long-term relationship short-term relationship or whether you're just going to let her go. You're going to see her realize that she's going to be more trouble than she's worth and just let it pass. So women will do things like an early frame announcement where they, they tell you their frame. They're going to, they're going to say to you in their, in their womanese, this is what I'm about. This is my view of the world. And really, it's at least in their telling, it's going to be something quite seemingly insignificant. But if you autistically overanalyze everything that another human being says, it is actually pregnant with meaning. She might say, I am generous to a fault. Most people will hear that and think, Okay, she's she's very generous. She wants you to know that she's generous. So it's social signaling. Yes, there is something to analyse there, but not much. Mm. Not much. Mm. Unless you are, you are privy to the ways of women. Mm. You realise that she will shower <clears throat> you with gifts. Because, because she is... She's announced that she's generous to a fault. She's going to shower you with gifts and use that to manipulate you. She's telling you that she's going to manipulate you with gifts. If you oh, don't appreciate the gifts, then she's going to be upset because she's, she's already told you that she's generous to a fault. You should have been listening to her. Yeah. That's how she gets you that way. But if you accept the gifts, then you're letting her control you. Yeah. She's getting a, getting a clause. In she's getting it. a clause in. So, so that's uh, that's, that's, <coughs> that's why you've you've got to be on your toes for these early frame announcements. Other things might be like, does she say something like, uh, with regards to like her ex boyfriends, they used to beat her up or something, mm. like that will uh, be an indication that she has low self esteem. Yeah. Or if she says like, like she's got expensive taste, that might be showing that she uh, is like a materialista. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. 
Like it's just called having social skills, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's just like somebody is indicating their their values and their their inclinations, and you're. I don't know how much there is really to go into beyond. About I still think they're overthinking this, this person. They're just they're really overthinking this. Yeah. It's also worth testing her level of self-esteem, though. <laughs> <laughs> and this is basically when you just progressively insult her more and more and more until she asks you to stop, and that will determine her level of self-esteem. And, and the thing is, if she's low self-esteem, then she'll let you just keep on escalating yeah. and escalating. And she loves it. She gets turned on by it. Potentially even gets turned on by it. Yeah. 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 So, one, don't do this. To people, <laughs> just the, even the idea that you're going to conscientiously, consciously, like test the psychology of another person, is just such a sociopathic thing to do. <laughs> Chicks love it though. Yeah, well, Chicks love are, sociopaths. They are sociopaths. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're testing all the time. Yeah. So what was that called? That was called a a threshold, uh, th- some sort of threshold test. Yeah, they, they had some bullshit term for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the compliance yeah, test. Yeah, the compliance test. <laughs> Where you just ask her to do something. And depending on how she reacts, you know that she's a higher or low... Self-esteem. Self-esteem woman. Because yeah. high self-esteem women, they they respond to a male leader. Yes. And so if... I, mean, I suppose you need to be asking in a very masculine dominant way yeah but supposing you do that if she's your high... the inflection in your voice has to yeah. go down at the end not yeah not up like this if you growl at her into <laughs> bear your teeth <laughs> <laughs> if you do all the right things just, you should just make guttural noises at her. <laughs> she just do what you want and she should uh maybe roll over on her back expose yeah. her, her expose her underside too <laughs> Just lick your snout off the dog. <laughs> but then a, a low self-esteem woman will just flip out at even the most reasonable requests or just the most mundane things. Like, hey, go get me a beer, make me a sandwich while I'm there, watch the footy with the boys. Yeah. So just watch. While I don't look Say deeply into your eyes. With, yeah, while I don't have... What is it? Gaze, like <laughs> gaze or something, some bullshit. And yeah, so in response to that, a low self esteem woman might say, No, I'm not going to do that, make it yourself. Mm. A high self esteem woman will say, Yes, master. <laughs> and that's, that's would that. you like a blowjob with that master? Yeah. That's yeah, how you that's know the sort of high self esteem woman you want in your life. Yeah, yeah. So, another, another part of screening is eliciting values. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember this part? Yeah, it was about previous relationships. Oh, okay. Listening Sorry. values about the previous Touch relationships. That that's not about. That's not bad to know about. Yeah, that's fine. But you're just kind of overthinking it. And it, the other thing is, like, you don't necessarily want to chuck somebody out. I don't know. Maybe if it's like an older, like if they're in their thirties. I don't know. But even thirty-something-year-olds shouldn't be like a prisoner of their past. Like, how much? Slack, do you give a person like, yeah, you maybe had some bad relationships in the past, but have you worked on yourself? Uh, have you gone mm. counseling? Like, have you sorted that stuff out? Or are you just like, no, nah, you're just going to be like that forever? Like, I just think that the the level of social awareness that that requires is probably above that of a person who's reading practical, practical female, female psychology, psychology for the practical man. <laughs> um, 
Okay. I don't want to make too many assumptions about the, the intended audience of this <clears> book, but uh, maybe I've there's been making a lot of assumptions. Maybe there's a the lot of social awareness of that we're just taking for granted. I don't think that I have particularly high social awareness, Jack. I don't think of myself in that way, but reading this book makes me wonder. If, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm a genius. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Context, it's so. like I just intuitively understand <laughs> <laughs> the people's yeah. emotions. We're going to move on to some other psychology concepts. Probably one of the most important ones is the Madonna whore complex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is foundational to their worldview. The Madonna whore complex. This is Madonna, not as in the superstar, but as in like... You the, know, the our, mother of Jesus the mother Christ. Of Jesus Christ, our mother Mary, Madonna yeah. from Catholicism. So this comes from a fundamental conflict in our culture around, well, women or men have expectations of women or women are told by society or, I don't know, it's kind of a bit wishy-washy exactly what they mean, but somehow men and women have got this kind of contradictory uh, idea in their head that a woman is expected to be both a Madonna and a whore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of problems come from the fact that men idealize, say, their partner through the Madonna lens, but then also want their partner to be like a whore, but then more like stigmatize sexual behavior and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they offer a few explanations for why this happens, for why men feel that their partners are so pure madonna like oh, yeah. that they can't Purity. they yeah. can't be sullied by something as unclean as sex yes so they say so they offer a freudian argument and say okay well the madonna is derived from a boy's relationship with his mother yeah and incest is bad and they take their their mother to be the madonna the perfect woman when yes. they date and marry another woman, the the esteem which they hold their mother in is transferred to their wife. Yeah, they're projecting the And because they don't want to commit incest, the idea of having sex with their wife disgusts them. Is like imputed yeah. into the wife psychologically. Yeah. yeah. So they do things like you know, watch all sorts of fucked up porn. Yeah. Like and enjoy that on some level. Jump on LimeWire, get some horse porn. <laughs> LimeWire. <laughs> Just wanted to watch Fight Club. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll spend all of their time, their kuma-addled brains. Kuma-addled brains. Bent by... <laughs> Disreputable websites or file sharing networks. <laughs> so on some level, they, they appreciate the whore part of this Madonna whore dichotomy, mm. but resent her at the same time. Yeah. It's very similar to the lover provider thing. Mm. You sort of, this is catch 22 where you want two mutually exclusive things from a person. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll have a dead bedroom because they refuse to have sex with their wife. Yeah. And again, I just think that there's just probably a high likelihood that one or all of them experienced a, a loveless, sexless yeah. marriage. And then they're trying to explain that retroactively, but without yeah. 
And here's the the irony of their accusations or their claims that women don't take responsibility for their own emotions is that this entire (laughs) book book. is three divorced men not taking responsibility for their broken relationships. Yeah, that sounds fair. concocting an elaborate scheme to... Blame society and evolution of what for for their their broken marriages. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good description of practical female psychology. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, Uh, Madonna Hall complex. I guess if I'm going to be really charitable, there are aspects of it that might be descriptive. In that, obviously, say with the prevalence of porn, yeah, there is desire. Yes, for at for women to be performing all mm. sorts of sex acts yes. that men wouldn't want their wives or their girlfriends performing. Mm. Or on, on some level, they want the acts, but they don't not with a woman that they respect. They yeah. won't respect a woman who does it. Degrading. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I'd say is that, like, society, especially a large, complex society, like any industrialized nation, millions of people, uh, will have... Um, Lots of conflicting perspectives and mm. uh, communicating conflicting messages about like, is this body image uh, desirable? Or is this body image desirable? Or is this how women should act? Or is this how men should act? Or uh, is this acceptable sexual behavior? Is this acceptable? But it's just that it's there's not like a uh, the the thing that I disagree with about these sort of texts and actually the way that a lot of like feminists talk about um, <clears throat> similar issues, but on the female side is uh, it's like there's almost this talk of like society sends mixed messages or like our culture sends mixed messages mm. to people as as though our culture or our society is like a monolith yeah. that has some sort of intentionality and that intentionality is to confuse people and to send mixed messages. And it's actually, it's like, no, there's a whole bunch of people living in the same area with a whole bunch of different means and a bunch of different ends and a bunch of different perspectives and they're all trying to communicate to one another Mm. at various scales and some of them have perspective x and are communicating that and some of them have perspective not x but y and are communicating Mm. that and to view them as one sort of hegemonic whole that is communicating mixed messages is just a fundamental misapprehension of the fabric of our reality as social animals. We live in a just highly complex informational environment (laughs) and that's there's going to be opposing points of view in any large sophisticated society. Yeah. Don't need to like get into borderline conspiratorial ways of attributing mixed intentionality mm-hmm. to media and communications. That's my yeah. rant on that because I've seen that, that argument so many fucking times. It pissed me off. That, that sounds very reasonable. Yeah, I should stop that. Fortunately, though, the way that you can get around the Madonna Hall complex... Oh, sorry. <laughs> is just... <laughs> sorry, I just got off on a tangent It's there. just for loving women for who they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. That's all. So if she wants to have a gangbang and be... Your wife. You better say yes. You better say yes. <laughs> but that also feels like something that none of the authors of the book would be down for. 
Yeah, well, they definitely want to have multiple girlfriends. Mm. I don't but know. Women who want that are They didn't are really harpies. take a clear stand, did they? On female hypergamy. No, not in this book. But you were going through Franco's Twitter yeah. feed before. And Franco's Twitter is a... <laughs> he definitely, definitely likes it as it is exactly, Franco it's seduction. exactly what you think it would be. Yeah. Yeah, at Franco seduction. What have we got next? Uh, Beaterization. <laughs> Do you want to explain this one, Jack? Yeah, so um, beaterization is a five-step process. Yeah. By which an alpha male, the alpha male selected for his superior genes and dominating presence by a woman, is, is broken. He's made from her lover into her provider, and in that process, she comes to resent him. Then mm. kicks him to the curb, saddled with alimony payments, <laughs> and finds another alpha. <laughs> so, the, this was quite a long section. They clearly, <clears throat> this is something they've clearly all thought about a lot. Mm. Maybe because of personal experience. I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably from personal experience. Yeah. So, the, the first part, and. This is um, this is inevitable. Beaterization takes place in all long-term relationships, even with the most steadfast studball alphas. You're gonna get beaterization. It's just harm minimization. It's all <laughs> you can do. It's all you can do. Women will always seek to own a male physically, own him mentally, and the. This process happens in stages, which which occur predictably with mathematical precision. They love that in, term. They, they use that term it's a lot. It's so fucking annoying. So, stage one, testing the male. <laughs> they offer quotes, little quotes, to describe each of these yeah. stages. So, testing the male, the quote is, let me be a little bitch to him. So, the woman just tests him for leadership qualities. Um, just basically shit testing him, just constantly giving him a hard time and seeing how he responds. Yeah. Just constantly picking away at him and to see what he does. Biting at his heels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stage two, seeking communication. The quote is, open up to me, please. So she's tested the man. She's, she's ascertained that he's leadership material. He's breeding material. <laughs> So now she, she's going to try to make him serve her exclusively and get her claws in. And she's going to do this by confusing him mm. using rich descriptive language. And this is like the synthesis of all the other stuff. She's going she's gonna to get him to open up to her. And in opening up to her, a man becomes effeminate and weak. Yes. And she's gonna she's gonna dominate. He's gonna be in a pussy trance. He's gonna be confused, uprooted. He he just he doesn't know which way up is. <laughs> then stage three, putting him to work. The quote is, "Honey, please take out the trash and wash the cat. And please hurry, wash the cat. Cats do that themselves. 
when, when they, they clean themselves. That's why they're always licking themselves. Yeah, I didn't notice that quote. Did they actually say that? Yeah, wash yeah, the that cat. That seems a little, just a little kind of off, doesn't it? I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting a, a, a blurred vision into one or more of these men's past lives. <laughs> Their, their, this is, their this wife is, was like this really is, anal about the cat being clean. This wasn't is, happy with the cat cleaning this itself. Been hap- this has been said to at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she, she's just going to start trying to control his behavior and his material interests. Yeah. Going to start really controlling him, making a grab for power. Stage four, female evolutionary selfishness. The quote, I'm never satisfied no matter what you do or how hard you try. I feel like that was a direct quote. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like their wives probably didn't say that to them, but they imputed (laughs) from her tone. They, they heard her sub communication and decided this is what she was saying to them. So... And this is, it's, it's just difficult to see when you're interpreting, like when you're going, no, no, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> basically this is just escalation. She's, she will use any communication. So she's made the male open up and weaken himself. Yeah, and yeah. now he's going to keep doing it because he's been made effeminate. Anytime he does this now, she's just going to shut him down use that as ammo to hurt him. <laughs> and then there's the end. Yes. The meltdown. Stage five, female self-determination. The quote, I am full-grown, independent woman now. And that I'm not misquoting. I am full-grown. There is no article. (laughs) I am a full-grown. No, I am full-grown, independent woman woman now. Independent woman, yeah. They're, They're so independent, they no longer have to abide by English grammatical conventions. I mean, this I mean, is independent of <laughs> grammar. Yeah. Um, they don't need you anymore. Yeah. They're over you. Next, next thing. They're probably know. seeing Chad on the side yeah. or multiple Chads. Seven Chads. Seven Chads who are probably somewhere along the beaterization pipeline already. How many uh, beaterization pipelines do you reckon a single woman can run in parallel? Ooh. It's like a parallel <laughs> computation. It's <laughs> a... That's uh, no, I'm not even gonna go. It's just a computer architecture joke. It's gonna make any sense to anybody, <laughs> unless you happen to have studied parallel computation. Um, so practical advice. Because after uh, e- after each chapter, what is a man to do? After each what is a man to do? They, they, in have, the a, face they of have such a practical evil. advice. <laughs> Basically, yeah, beaterization is it's a it's a factor in every long term relationship. You can't avoid it. Are they just saying this is just like this is this is just what happens. This it's just what happens. Yeah, no wonder these guys You can calculate it mathematically. Yeah, mathematically. mathematically. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> just uh so there was what was point number two in the in the thing? Seeking communication. Oh yeah, that's right. What we were saying before about they like these like dudes just don't know how to just like Talk to someone. Like they're actively demonizing just being emotionally open with their partner. They're saying yeah. that's a part of the beaterization process. <laughs> that is step two in you becoming a beater and her locking your balls mm-hmm. in her handbag. Yeah, yeah. Is uh so like the, all the men who have read this fucking book and actually like mm. thought like took it seriously. Uh they now have in their head like, 
okay if a woman is asking me to be emotionally open with her in a relationship with her yeah. she is beaterizing me this is danger <laughs> gotta lock that down yes yes <laughs> it's um yeah and they say that um when she's asking for communication it's a power grab but you can distract her because she also just needs sex yeah. And oh, Franco to the rescue. <laughs> Franco. <laughs> Franco just says some shit about being like James Bond or something. It was just a James Bond. Oh, thing. that was really fucking weird. Yeah, because they've so, got they've so got Franco these will just confuse women with yeah. complete non sequiturs that are often sexually loaded, and will just say something completely unrelated to what the woman is currently engaged in, and then next minute Franco's having sex with her. Well, that's that's because he speaks womanese. So yeah. to a to the uninitiated, they might look like non sequiturs, but in fact, he's just he's matching well her emotions. It's a non sequitur if you're following male logic, yeah. But exactly. if you're following female logic, it if, makes if you're perfect fluent sense. in womanese because he had that thing where a woman was talking about going on a she was late for a date oh, or something. No, the pizza shit. Yeah, the and he just he just started shit. talking about what it would be like to go to war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, and she she loved it. And she loved it. Yeah. Yeah. He like f- controlled the frame, got her into an emotional state where she was like thinking about, oh yeah, the danger of going to war and oh no, I don't want to lose him. And mm. now I'm horny and yeah, we'll yeah about because all stuff. three of the authors can induce emotional states in women at will. Yeah. Especially sexual arousal. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything worth adding on the beaterization process? No, nah, that's, um, okay. Let's go over quick, quickly. Let's, let's, uh, let's, Move along. Move the show along. ASD, anti-slut defense. Look, this is just some uh, female fucking psychological jujitsu where she, she, she doesn't want to be perceived as, as a slut, basically. Yeah. So like she, she'll be very conscious of being perceived as uh, sexually promiscuous. Mm-hmm. So you need to have uh, discretion. So this why mastering the art of female subcommunication is important because you need to communicate to her that you don't perceive her as a slut. You accept her sexuality. Mm-hmm. And when, say, something taboo comes up in conversation or whatever, or there's, like, fetch shaming or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, you need to communicate with her, sub-communicate with her, that you're, like, cool with what's going on and not demonize her and stuff. Um, because if you, like, jump in on, like, say, fet bashing or whatever, or just, like, being uncomfortable with sex and sex talk, um, she'll pick up on that. She won't want to be perceived as a slut or whatever, and she'll clam up. Yeah, and remember, you want to be the lover and not the provider. Yeah. What do lovers not do? Judge. They don't judge. They do not judge female sexuality. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's pretty straightforward. Just be yeah. aware. Obvious. She'll clam up if you uh, get judgy about sex. And related. The last thing we want. To related do is, is clam the last up. minute resistance too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that's subtly different. Because similarly, yes. it'll be, you know, you think you're about to have sex with her. Yeah. And then she says, no, we should stop. But this is actually a test. Well, it can be, it can be two things. So they talk about <laughs> legitimate last-minute resistance. Oh, God. Illegitimate last-minute resistance is what low self-esteem women do, where they just, they're scared of men. Yes. And that's illegitimate, so they don't actually offer any advice what to do with that. Yeah, and then they said something about a rapo game or something, and I don't know. I, to be honest, man, 
at this point in the book, I was really just skim reading it. Checked out. And I, was, I was pretty checked out. I saw the Rainbow game. I like sort of did a double take and it's like, I don't even know, something about not wanting to be accused of being a rapist, I think. I anyway. hope, I assume that last minute resistance should just be interpreted as if somebody says no to your sexual advances, you should just accept that and stop making sexual advances. Well, this is where they give good advice. I think okay, good. As, okay. as as we've come across several times in this podcast, the 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 working might be a bit wonky, but they actually get to the right answer. Mm. In that so with with legitimate last minute resistance. Okay. For high self-esteem women. They're back they're testing you still. Yeah. They're testing do you need them? Do you need to have sex with them? Or are you a strong, independent man who doesn't need no woman? <laughs> so what you should do if she says we should stop. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. Show her that you don't need her. Oh, I give him like half mark on that but because look, it's like this stops. You stopped. You stopped. So maybe you get like, if it's two mark question, you get like a 1.5 because you stopped. Great. Yeah. Good on you. Good. Good. You did good. You did, <laughs> you did the bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> But they, <laughs> your they reasoning's s- a bit wonky. And also your motivations are a bit wonky <laughs> because they stopped in order to be able to have sex with them later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're not stopping because they actually care about the other person. No, no. That's, that's no. for the thoroughly beaterized. <laughs> They're stopping because, no, I need to demonstrate that. I'm play, enough. Play cool. When she says that I don't need her, she'll fuck me anyway. James Bond. She's going to be all slobbering all over my dick in half a minute mm-hmm. if I say no now. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. this is like what's going through this fucking dude's mind. Yeah. So, and what do they say about low self-esteem women? Well, they 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 either... So, they're, they're, they're super bad cases where they just hate men. Yeah. Um, but most like, of the time, they're just... Like Solanus. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like Solanus wouldn't fuck around with anybody who just read female no, psychology. No, trying to shoot them. <laughs> stab him yeah you know I dislike this book so fucking much like <laughs> if I had to put <laughs> Solanus in a room with these three fucking dudes I'd put money on Solanus fucking ripping their fucking puny little heads off and I'd I'd, I'd egg her on <laughs> yeah she had the crazy eyes she had oh fuck she had the crazy eyes Jesus Christ yeah yeah what else do we have she's a she's a trooper female manipulation this is a they list manipulation all these, test. Yeah, they list all these ways that, that, that women will, will test you. I don't you really want to go all you. over all of them. Basically, women are manipulative and there's a bunch of... I guess we should go over a couple of them. Let's go over the double bind. Yeah, they, um, they like the double bind so much, I'm pretty sure they have two different sections on the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So the double bind is essentially where somebody asks you to do something. It's contradictory. You can't technically fulfill it without violating at least one of the two terms of say like the injunction or the command and additionally you can't partake in meta communication so you can't communicate about the communication so you can't ask about what you've been told or Mm -hmm. asked to do then because of that the victim is then in this bind where you can't fulfill the request and you can't communicate about the request itself and so you've just got to do something and no matter what you do, you're going to get it wrong. So yeah, you're so fucked. Like, like, do I look fat in this? Yes. 
is is one among several that they bring up. They gave a lot of examples. Yeah, they, How many times? Past marriage, I'm sure. This <laughs> if you just took this this book as like an insight into these guys' past marriage, which I'm pretty sure it is. This is like these guys just had completely dysfunctional marriages. So so basically, the way that you get out of this mm. is pretty much just by doing complete non sequitur. So they've got they've they've got two examples. One with Franco, one with David Clare. Yeah. Franco's was... So, in the dialogue. Woman, you never share your emotions with me. Franco, yeah. So scratch my back, please. Boom. Boom. Solved. Next minute, Franco's <laughs> having sex with her. <laughs> so, that's, that's, that's one way out of it. Demand a back scratch. That, <laughs> Or, like, what are your or, or escalate sexually or escalate is the sexually. other way because yes. the woman just forgets about what she was angry about because <laughs> you're having sex now. <laughs> woman, does this dress make me look fat? David Clare, yeah, a big fat butt. That's what I like. Gonna get me some big fat butt in brackets. Pets her butt. There you go. There you go. There you go. What we were talking about earlier, about how this is just a manual to sabotage your relationships. Yeah. They're talking about the bait and switch, which is where oh. a woman or a female, a female, <laughs> offers something. Jack's getting really short on this. <laughs> I'm tired and I didn't like the book. <laughs> Offers the male something. Say, interest in one of your hobbies. As a person who likes oh, you might do. such a good <laughs> section on the book. So fucking but, but then, as soon as she gets what she wants, like marriage or a child, she takes it away. And so a good example of this would be a low sex drive woman mm. who knows that you want to have sex. Yeah. And will have sex with you until you put a ring on it. And then she knows that she's locked you down. So yeah. She starts withdrawing the sex. Yeah. And so... Really, she's done the bait and switch. She's like, I know you like sex mm-hmm. and I need you to pay for my child support. So mm-hmm. I'll yeah. give it to you until we're married. Yeah. Then yep. we're done. There's that. But then, there was, then there was this other one. So in, in the section on detecting so the bait and switch. So good. <laughs> Such a good section. It's, um, this was probably my favorite part of the book. Yeah. So, so women know that men like hobbies. Women know that men like things that men are interested in. If, if, if a man is interested in something, that's a sure sign that he, he likes it. And women have picked up on this. So if she's never been interested in your hobby before, but suddenly she's obsessed with it or interested, it's, it's got to set off some alarm bells. It's not because she's interested in you and what you're interested in. No, 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 no. This is, this is a manipulation tactic. Yes. So, a nice concrete example. I've got the example of how you stop women from getting into your hobbies. So, you you take her out and and engage her in your hobby. Yeah. So, say surfing. Yeah. You take her out and you make sure it's on a rainy day or it's cold. Shitty conditions. Or it's rough really conditions. Trophy. Not nice. Just take her out. 
seven foot wave. Full of sharks. Full of sharks <laughs> over coral. <laughs> Take no, her out so, to the pipeline. Super fucking big yeah. waves. So it's, no, it's tiny, babe. Yeah, so, so you got to be careful. It can't be too obvious. It can't be in a typhoon or something. Something obvious. <laughs> Severe weather warning coming in. Uh, babe, I don't know if this is safe. No, that's right, no, babe. I love it's it like this. I fucking love it, babe. <laughs> well, you know, here's when it's best. Yeah, so you, you make it so that it's plausible that this is actually what your hobby's yeah. like and that it's actually Dude, really unpleasant. The, and you need plausible and, deniability. And you need to make sure that she sees you loving it. And she'll be doing it and she'll be trying to like it because she's into you and she's trying to share with the person she's interested in something that they're interested in, which is actually not uncommon for humans to do. <laughs> to, you know, try out new activities if they like the person. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I would like regard that as actually quite quite a normal a normal thing to do. And even like you know, somebody's investing time and in putting themselves not out even there. normal, but quite nice. Quite nice, like oh yeah, this person hasn't done this thing before. They want to give it a go with me. But no, women are trash, and you can't but trust them. You just them, interpret so. that as she's trying to manipulate <laughs> me with a bait and switch. So in order to <laughs> defend myself against this, I will. This uh, subterfuge, I will... Yeah, you, you engineer a day, which is uncomfortable, but you pretend that you love it, so she thinks that this is what your hobby's always like. Yes. And then you need to make sure the discomfort is not something that she can blame on you. Yes, because remember, women will try to, to externalise the responsibility for their emotional states on their external environment, especially men so you need to not give her a reason to they some poor nature <laughs> shit you or, need to go out choppy weather You're like you don't control the weather do you jack no no, no i don't know i, mean, I, I don't fucking control la nina i chose the day i went out to take you on you know this surfing trip or whatever yeah but, so how how many layers deep do you have to get like the computational complexity that she needs <laughs> to perform to like pin it on you you need to think like okay well we had to go out on this day because i'm working the rest of the week and i don't know like we had to go this particular beach because all the other beaches had shark warnings or something Mm -hmm. like like how (laughs) they've got or you can just keep agreeing to take her and and never doing it it. (laughs) 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 just keep flaking this is just, just how, how to be a prick. How to be a five year old. How to be how to be an asshole to your girlfriend. <laughs> and then and then but if you do take her out on the shitty day, after it's after she's had the shitty experience, one, you gotta pretend that you really loved it. So you're mm-hmm. like into it, so it's like and then ask her out. Again in the future, mm. but only ask her out again in similarly shitty conditions. conditions. Yeah. So you're like, it's like some inverse Pavlovian conditioning right here, right? <laughs> you are conditioning her to like, you're framing yourself to be the good guy. You're trying to include her in your, in your, yeah. your hobbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing your best. You put the offer out there. As a man always does. As a man always does. It, With unless, no ill intent. Unless he's trying to cut his <laughs> girlfriend out of his hobbies. Um, because he doesn't want to be bait and switch because she doesn't have any just genuine interest in what he having does. a shared activity with you. No, she there's, only wants to bait and switch you to manipulate you. There's the ambush. 
I think the ambush is worth talking about. Yeah, so I've got a quote. So it's so basically, a man is working really hard to provide for his woman, maybe even child. She's at home doing nothing. He's had a really hard day at the office. He's coming home, opens the front door, and, quote, There is a top-level predator in his house, a female of the species Homo sapiens, lurking in ambush near the door. And this is, when, we, when they repeatedly say, oh, we're not making any judgments of women, when you read things like this, you think, oh, you had a really bad divorce, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like women much. I don't know where the fuck they get off saying that they're not being judgmental about women. It's just like non-stop demonization of women. <laughs> this is the picture. Uh, anyway, so I guess give them some like poetic license. They're trying to, you know, like the thing is men aren't supposed to use descriptive language. So I've got to take them at face value. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So no mm, poetic license. Men sorry, don't man. dissimulate. No. They're just straightforward unless... They're trying to convince a woman not to enjoy their hobby. <laughs> then they're actually capable of quite a lot of subterfuge. <laughs> so there is an evolutionary reason for why women ambush men like this. It's because males need quiet between hunts or battles in order to recuperate. And women, in, they instinctually recognise... This is a time of weakness when a man is returning from a battle or a hunt, which in today's context is coming home from work. (laughs) So we've done an in-depth, excuse me, in-depth exploration of female psychology. Mm. And remember, this is all based on evolutionary science and field experience. So strong theoretical framework based on Mm. neo-Darwinism and sexual selection. Uh, and validated by three operators in the field, three highly experienced operators in the field, the capstone of this great archway mm. of a book is the qualities of an alpha male. How to be an alpha oh, male? Fuck yeah, that's right. They um they list alpha attributes. So they say looks probably overrated, skin deep. Yeah, yeah. What you really need is to behave like an alpha. Yeah. You need to be impudent. You need to be sexually confident. You need a high quality voice. A high quality voice, fellas. Super <laughs> important. Fuck it. You are, need to be a leader of men and a protector, protector of, of women. women. You need to have mission, a, a mission and honor. And you, you need, need to be decisive. You need to also prove to a woman that she can't divert you from your mission or from your honor. And if she herself is an honourable woman, she'll love you for it. Would you say that she would throw her body upon your funeral pile? If she wants to ontological transformation. If she wants to be ontologically <laughs> transformed and escape the second death, then she better. <laughs> she better follow me in the ascetic path of the lover. <laughs> I feel like I read Evola for too long. It's just imprinted itself on my brain. Oh, Julius. Oh, how good was the second episode of Julius Evola? Yeah, we need to re-record. <laughs> One day. For anyone listening who's interested in the um, 
second part of Revolt Against the Modern World, we fucked up the recording of the... Well, we, by we, Jack means Levi fucked it up. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as in, we, we have literally half the recording, not as in like half the timestamp. <laughs> we have we, me, me we have Jack talking. So we could upload just Jack talking, talking for an hour and a half. Evola. Um, depending, Wait, you you you'll have no context of like what he's responding to, <laughs> <laughs> which would be a very kind of like surreal. It would be a surreal episode. We could call it like Julius Evola episode one point five. <laughs> so we'll re-record this at some point. <laughs> Depending on popular demand, do, do we will re- either re-record the episode or just upload my audio. <laughs> do you reckon Leshy would listen to it? Oh, I hope so. Leshy was pretty keen on the first Ebola. person to ever the first comment. Shout out, shout out to Leshy. <laughs> You're a champion. <laughs> so, anyway, what else have we got? Because also I'm Alpha, fucking sick of this. Alpha week. attributes were all the ones we just listed, but also the other one is like dominance and social status. Oh, yeah. The classic thing is like, oh, the cocky and funny that comes from like some fucking pickup artist cunt. I mean, but I mean, that kind of that makes sense if people like funny people and people like confident people. That's just not a yeah, it's why? not a revelation. But, there, but there's this whole theme, or this, there's a meme in the PUA thing which is called cocky and funny. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a thing. So there's this guy named. Um, it doesn't matter. It... Some fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was one of the early days of like oh, peacocking and all this sort of stuff. And came up cocky is peacock is peacocking where you wear stupid shit? No, it's where you're get uh, people's attention. It's where your plumage grows in complexity over evolutionary time. And you, <laughs> you literally walk into a club <laughs> with like prehensile Feathers. <laughs> Absolutely. Irresistible. <laughs> God, these people. There's this documentary of this guy, this motherfucker, walks into a club with this like big purple hat. Mystery! Mystery! That's just. You know, because these. Mystery. These pickup artists, they gave name. themselves like these pseudonyms, right? <laughs> like, in the field. To go out in the field, they're called Mystery. What's your name, man? Franco. Mystery. Mystery, yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny. It's a mm-hmm. typical American thing to do. They just got to, like, do some weird shit to try and stand out. <laughs> uh, stat- okay, so anyways, long story short, increased status equals increased female sexual attraction and arousal. arousal. Yeah, right. And women test men for true alpha traits. Therefore, you can't fake it, bro. And remember, the testing never ends. Whether you've just met her or whether you're uh, eight years deep in a marriage or whether you're eight years deep in a divorce and getting your nuts dragged through a fucking field of glass. Wow, that's... um. She's always testing you. Okay. So be an alpha. Be an alpha. Um, okay. Uh, okay. All right, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in, fellas. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Okay. Uh, this... It wasn't hard to read, so I'll give them that. It was hard to read from the perspective of it was just like mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, it was quite boring. Yeah. The short dialogue sections I enjoyed because the yeah. dialogue is just so poorly written. Yeah. That it clearly didn't 
happen. It didn't happen, yeah. No human being speaks like this. Yeah, this is... They they imagined what they thought it looks like to be Alpha, and then they wrote a dialogue to that. It feels like observing, say, if aliens watched how humans interact and tried to recreate it. If it, I feel like the dialogues are almost the sort of thing that I would feel as though I were witnessing when I'm on acid. You know, like when you're on acid, like things mm-hmm. just you know, feel like really weird and surreal. Mm-hmm. So you like might listen to a dialogue and it's just like things just like disjointed and stuff. That's what their, yeah. their writing is like. Yeah. Except it's not nearly as entertaining as being on acid. No, but that was one of the highlights of the book. Yeah. Um, Franco, Franco telling a woman at a train station about being James Bond or going to war or and something like that. With her. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. other positive oh, aspects were there of this book? Because I feel like we've spent this whole episode just shitting on it. So Yeah, we weren't very generous maybe, with this one. Maybe like I'm not gonna be generous if there's not much. I feel like we started about. out the podcast trying to be more like uh open minded. Like if you listen <laughs> to Bronze Age, we try to explain his point of view without yeah. ripping into him too much. This episode we just fucking jump straight into it. Man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just got sick of this book. Yeah. It doesn't. Dudes. There are other other books talking about objectionable things have redeeming qualities that allow me to push through them. Yeah. Well, you like the little snippets of dialogue, right? Yeah, that, but that, that's not enough to get you through 200 no, pages. No. I would say there's, uh, in my estimation, there's nothing redeemable about this book. It's not even... So suppose if they went much more offensive, then that would be something redeemable in my eyes because at least that would mm. be fun. Yeah. It's yeah. just quite boring. Yes. It's dull. Yeah. So Vag Smile was just full of the most vile shit, but it was, it was really so vile that that has a quality of its own. So if we do like another Red Pill PUA vibe of MGTOW, like book, we we really need to find find one that's uh, much more extreme, really revolting. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe we should read uh, Elliot Rogers' manifesto or something. <laughs> right, he wrote a manifesto, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, what about the Columbine kids? They wrote a manifesto. Did they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, look, these Same. guys suck. Um, it's, it's 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 this uncomfortable middle ground where it's far from something I agree with, but it, it's not. It doesn't bring anything particularly exciting to the table. It's just dull and kind of pathetic. Yeah, I'd say that's... Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's probably the main thing that's you irritating. Really just it's just kind of it. pathetic. Dull and pathetic. Yeah. That's, that's, that's these three men <laughs> in a nutshell. Anyway, I think this is the... One of the lessons to take from this episode is I am much more intolerant of someone being boring than I am of someone being horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Can we please not read another boring book? I mean, I'm sure it'll if happen. We, if we, if, if we, we can, can avoid it. If we can avoid it, let's try not to read another boring book. Yeah, because at least... I've, so, uh, so ratings, and then there's uh, one more. Yeah. Ratings. I don't know. It's, uh, it's just It was just so dull and kind of pathetic. So, I don't know, three yeah. out of ten. I give it... I don't know how seriously anyone takes these ratings. It is totally arbitrary. Yeah. I, I give it three out of three 
dropkick stooges. Wait, so full marks? Yeah, but it's full marks of being stooges. Oh, okay. So you've just run off with another rating system. Yeah. Sigma as fuck. Sigma as fuck. <laughs> yeah.